Listening to the Sports Loudmouth, 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. We have a wonderful, wonderful show lined up for you guys tonight as it is Thanksgiving week. And why not bring out a nice holiday present? And my co-host for a very, very long time reached out to me today and said, I want to come on and talk a little sports with you guys, and why not Mikey C. Mike, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How's it been? It's been good. I haven't seen you. Well, we talk. And well, we, we, we talk, speak. Yes. right, exactly. We, um, we do, but it, it sucks when we don't, we don't get a chance to speak much about sports because you're talking business when, when we do speak, and, and just other things, life and family, but... Very happy to have you on on the show as always. So uh, yeah, and well, we already have I, Jeff I on. kind of I kind of got requested by your buddy in Tampa to come on the show. Oh yeah, uh, are you you talking and, about Jeff? And yeah, and come at you with like mm. some ridiculous things mm. that you have stated within recent weeks. Oh, I can't wait to hear <laughs> this. But uh, you know, Jeff is uh, ridiculous, and if Jeff doesn't. Keep it straightforward on the feed. Uh, he will be blocked on the show tonight after what he did last week. So I'm just letting everybody know, Jeff, you keep it 101 or you will be off on the feed. I'm just letting you know. I have people listening to the show. I have people watching the show. And any disgusting, despicable things that you say on the feed, you will be blocked and you will never come on the feed again. But we have a great show. Speedy, how are you? I'm doing all right. I was up to the pleasant surprise of Mikey C coming back, as you worded it nicely. A holiday present, a early Thanksgiving appetizer, I guess you want to call it. I'm definitely in the mood for giving, I'll tell you that. Oh, you are in the mood for giving, huh? (laughs) Well, you're giving thanks or you're uh, giving some other stuff? (laughs) A little bit of both. Oh, it's not how it is. Well, we're not going to ask what you're thinking, Mike, because it might be a little bit over the head of Speedy, but... uh, That is very fair. (laughs) At 9.30, we'll be talking to athletic NBA staff, writer and author of Spaced Out, Mike Prada, so he'll be joining us. And at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to USA Hockey and Rangers writer and host of Broadway Hat Podcast, Kyle Hall. He's been on the show before. He's fantastic, and he knows a lot about Rangers. He knows a lot about hockey. And, and as, as everybody knows, Mikey C is a big hockey fan. So definitely going to get into a little bit of hockey with Kyle. Uh, we had a high, Islander, gone, uh, Islander guy on last week, and now we have a Ranger guy on this week. So it'll be fun. Uh, This will be the only show this week uh, because of the holidays. Uh, Thursday uh, night is obviously Thanksgiving. Wednesday is Thanksgiving Eve. So uh, we we wanted to do something a little bit early. We wanted to give you guys a show uh, before we go on this holiday week. So we're very excited about that. Uh, We're going to get into the Jets falling 10-3 to to the Patriots. Uh, 
as a game-winning punt return, touchdown with five seconds left. Robert Salas says he is not committed to Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback for Week 12. Uh, the Giants lose to the Lions and lose Wandell Robinson. I'm not surprised for the season. Guy can't stay healthy. Uh, and uh, uh, Jackson out for four to six weeks. Um, and the Yankees express interest in Jacob DeGrom if cleared medically uh, by the team doctors. Odell Beckham Jr. reportedly will visit the Cowboys after Thanksgiving, uh, after the Thanksgiving game versus the New York Giants. And the Knicks receiving a trade call for Derrick Rose and Emmanuel Quigley. And we'll get into our Week 11 recaps and, again, our Thanksgiving Day picks. So why don't we get into it because I know everybody can't wait to hear my feed of the New York Jet game. Okay? And here's, here's pretty – it's pretty wait, simple. Before, before yeah. you even go yeah. on on that, mm-hmm. did you specify that it was going to be like a 21-point blowout? Yes, I did. Why? Why? I, I didn't think it was going to be that windy. Um, we saw what the Jets could do at, at, against the Buffalo Bills. Defensively, I thought they were going to have a pick six in a game. I, I thought that the I thought the defense was going to keep them in the game. I thought the offense was going to be able to run against the de- the defense in the front seven of the New England Patriots. After what we saw, Michael Carter. Remember, the Buffalo Bills has the number one de- had the number one defense in all of the NFL in practically every category, and the Jets absolutely dom- dominated the game at the line of scrimmage, especially running the ball in the fourth quarter. I expected that to happen against the Patriots. I did not think it was going to be as windy. As it was, I did think it was going to be cold, and obviously, I didn't think that uh, Zach Wilson was going to play the way he played in that game. But well, I know the first game was close, and even though New England won, but I, just the factor that I mean, I thought the Jets were going to win, but I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, only because of the factor of I just don't like your quarterback. Never did, and you know it's time to move on. But we'll to get another. In, we'll get into the quarterback. quarterback I, I don't. I, first of all, it's two in the years, Jets history. It, it's two years into it, and. We don't know what the season's going to end like for Zach Wilson. It could they could start Mike White next week and he gets hurt, and then the Jets give uh, Zach Wilson a chance and he absolutely plays well. So you don't know. And, and obviously, the two bad games that he had this year were against the New England Patriots. So to sit here and say that he is not the quarterback of the future, I can name Josh Allen in his second year. And we speak about this all the time. Josh Allen, and he even mentioned it on a bunch of podcasts that he joined. Over the last couple of weeks, and he played Zach Wilson last week, uh, well, two weeks ago, he said that, go look at my numbers in, in the second year, in my second year. They were almost identical to Zach Wilson. He says, you can't judge a book by its cover. That's what he said. He said, you, I, I am a different quarterback than I was in my second year. I'm a different quarterback than I was in my first year. It took the third year, third, three games into the third year where I figured things out. So, again, we could sit here and say, hey, Zach Wilson isn't. And maybe he isn't. As of right now, and, and that's where I, my monologue is going to go into, is Zach Wilson. And I will say this. The Jets outplayed the Patriots in almost every single way in the game. Defensively, the Patriots played well. We, we all know about uh, their fabulous front seven. And, 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 by the way, the Patriots are missing some good defensive players. Uh, on that line, but they were, they're one of the best defenses in the league, one of the top 10 defenses in the league, and, and they proved it on Sunday. They kept the Jets really away from running the ball. The Jets tried to run the ball early in the game, tried to c- really commit to the run, and, and I think that was a big mistake by Mike LaFleur. I think the play calling was horrible in the game, and I, I step back and I wonder 
what the hell was Mike LaFour thinking going into the third quarter, actually getting the ball early in the first in the third quarter and, and, and trying to take command of the game, trying to take command of the clock, which the Patriots were dominating really early in the game. They had 10 minutes. They held the ball 10 minutes more than the Jets in the first half of the game, which really showed you the dominance of controlling the ball offensively and running the ball by the Patriots. What really the questions and the questions that a lot of people have for the New York Jets is when you see Zach Wilson struggling the way he was and he was struggling, he was trying to throw the ball on the line. He was aiming. You could see that he was aiming. You could see that he didn't have it in the game. Why didn't Robert Sala call a timeout, sit down or even speak to his coaches at the half and say, listen, he just doesn't have it today. It, maybe it's too windy. Maybe he's just he can't stand the pressure right now. It's maybe it's New England. I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. But maybe he should have brought Mike White in. We've seen Bill Belichick do this before. He did it this year. He did it this year with Mac Jones. He did. And Mac Jones still is the starting quarterback of the team. And sometimes you got to take a chance and you say we need to win this game. We have a chance to win this game. I think it was a difference. The difference was it was a 3-3 game. And if your quarterback, Zach Wilson, could pull it out, it would only build confidence going forward. Nobody expected it to end the way it ended, but it was a 3-3 game. You're he not had 72 I understand. yards. He had 72 he yards nothing. in the fourth quarter. But you there can't is... do that to your quote-unquote starting quarterback. Tell that to in the Belichick. In a 3-3 game. No, no, no. But that game they were losing when they made that switch. This is a 3-3 game to where New England was not able to They were the losing by three points when they pulled Mac Jones in that game. No, I actually watched that game. It was, it was three points. It was kind of, was it three points? I'm pretty I, sure it was I three points. I could have swore it was like almost ten. Speedy, and look then at, it was like an almost a ten-point lead. When they brought in. Um, and then they swapped it, and then he ended up making, a, I think it was almost a blowout before they made the switch. No, it wasn't a blowout. Almost. It was a ten-point game. Yeah, it was, it was about a ten-point game. That's not a blowout. That's not a blowout. No, and then, then by well, obviously what, what, making the What was the second switch. quarter? End of I want to say quarter? it was 17-7. Yeah, when, when it, was, it was the end of the second quarter, right? It was the middle of the second quarter. It was right, right in the middle, and obviously they weren't moving the ball, and then when whoever replaced who came in and they scored uh, <clears> a <throat> touchdown. And every, but that game, game ended up being a blowout regardless. But the point I'm making is that it was a 3-3 game. You're going to let your quarterback... Hopefully, try to figure out the struggles to score I will, and win the game. I will sit here. That's the I, difference. Listen. No, everybody was saying, why didn't the coaching staff? Because it's a 3 3 game. I, I'll sit here, and, and again, as a Jet fan, I, I'm not going to look at it as a Jet fan. I'm going to look at it as a fan and what I saw in the game. First of all, the, the referees were horrible in the game. They were absolutely horrible, horrendous in the game. Now, that's not why the Jets lost. And before we even started uh, the show, I said, the Jets, that should have went to overtime. That punt return, there was holding in the punt return. I don't understand how the referees didn't see it. They were they were on the 50-yard line, and one of the guys, two of the Jets were tailing right behind them, and then a guy holds, a practically choke holds him. I could post up the picture, and I've seen it, but Eric Martini actually sent me the picture, and he says, go watch, go watch the play, go watch the punt return, and tell me that there wasn't a holding call on the game. Now, does that mean the Jets would have won in overtime? Probably not. Probably not. But the fact is, 
There were so many calls. That, that, that It seems like Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they get a lot of calls. There were a lot of calls they got, especially in the third quarter. There were two calls that were not holding. was not holding by the offensive line. There was not holding on the defensive line. Quentin Williams got a holding call in the third quarter, which I shook my head. I'm like, how is he holding when they were holding him? Okay? So, and that was... That was, I think that was t- holding for 10 yards. And that, that gave the Patriots 10 yards and a first down, which eventually gave the Patriots opportunity to score. So I, they didn't score, by the way. But the fact is, the, the, the game, I, you watch the game and you wonder where the referees go. And the same thing happened in MetLife Stadium for, for some reason. Now, you, you're going to say that, that Franklin Myers, wasn't, that wasn't a penalty. He barely... Touched him. That was a pick six. If that if that was a call, if that didn't happen, it's seventeen to three. It goes into the the second half, and the Jets probably win. They probably win. Now, there's no guarantees to it. It's just a thought. And Kenny will answer the phones. I'm doing a monologue right now. When we're done with the monologue, you can call the show. We'll let you on. Right, is that Kenny from? Uh... Yes. <laughs> Actually, the beef is the, the beef's the one waiting. Kenny, you're gonna have to wait until after our guests. The beef. Oh God. But what I'm saying. What I'm saying here, and I know what the beef's going to say. He's going to say, I told you Zach Wilson isn't the quarterback of the future. And that's great. I, I, I love hearing people tell me, well, Zach Wilson isn't the quarterback. You can't judge a quarterback until the season is over. You really can't judge him until his third year is done. And that's what Josh Allen said. I, I'm, not, I'm not the quarterback that said it. Josh Allen, who's one of the best quarterbacks, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL, said you cannot judge, you cannot judge Josh, I mean, uh, Zach Wilson until his third year is done. You cannot judge him. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Jets are going to have Zach Wilson on that roster next year. There's no way they're not. There's no way they're not. Now, we could sit here, and we'll put the beef on in just a, a few moments, but we could sit here and look at the game, and yeah, there were so many mistakes that the Jets made. The play calling. Even, even, when the, even in the third quarter, when um, uh, it wasn't the third quarter, it was the fourth quarter, and uh, there was like six minutes left, and the, the Patriots were calling timeouts, and you would think that the Jets were going to figure out, hey, you know what we're going to do? Once we get the ball back, we're going to use we're going to use Garrett Wilson. We're going to use and they were, and some of the play calling they use Garrett Wilson as a, you know a trick running back and and all this stuff and they they always everybody knows you're going to use Braxton Berrios in the back as a running back as a back in the backfield. You know you're gonna you're gonna try to do these trick plays. They don't work against Bill Belichick. They don't work against him. I don't understand these play calls. It worked in Buffalo. It worked against Buffalo. It worked. It wasn't going to work against Bill Belichick. And I would have told you that in the second quarter, going into the third quarter, these trick plays aren't going to work. They should have aired the ball out. They should have given him a chance. Yeah, he should have. I'll say it again. Zach Wilson should have had two interceptions in the game. Two of them. If if the Patriots were actually watching and, and not paying attention to, I don't know, the hot dog man out in the, uh, you know, out in the audience – maybe they have two interceptions, maybe a pick six, you know? So I don't know what could have happened or what should have happened in the game. I will tell you this, the Jets really throughout the game outplayed the Patriots. Defensively, I mean, how many sacks did the Jets have? Seven, eight? I mean, they dominated the line of scrimmage. They could, at certain points, now they, Stevenson did run the ball and he had, he, he did run the ball efficiently in certain aspects of the game, but when the Jets needed to shut him down, they shut him down. And in the wide receivers, 
Parker had a couple of catches. They did nothing. They did nothing. If it wasn't for that punt return, I, I, I still think the Patriots would have won on overtime. Why? Because I don't know. I, I didn't agree with any of the play calling. The play calling was absolutely horrible. All right. Put the beef on. All right, Beave, you're on. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on, man? Well, I mean, I, I told you I don't like this kid. I don't think he's good enough. Did I tell and, you he was going to say that? And, and uh, you know that. And if, if you it's one game, Beave. If you if you bench this guy and you don't make him start against Chicago, you're going to ruin him just like they ruined Sam. Donald. He is going to it's start. It's going to be the he... same content. It's going to be the same thing as Sam Donald. You're going to ruin the kid. I, I don't. I, first of all, I do not believe they're going to start Mike White against Chicago. I, I Well, I there's been a lot of talk if all you, day of a possibility. Was, if if they're not. Prep, they're just saying that. Today, they're just saying He's not going to start him. He's they're, not going to start him. Start who? Zach Wilson? Yeah, he's I, not. Because I, I'm, I'm I don't know if they want to have him hold accountability for not really. Taking responsibility? Yes, correct. And maybe not starting him against the Bears. I don't know either way. Um, the Bears are not a good team. So it's you know it's all it's all determined on next week to see what happens. I I will say this, and and Jeff says, well, uh, you say the Patriot. What did besides besides Stevenson getting sixty five yards? Besides that, what did what did the Patriots do offensively in the game? No, they didn't do anything. They, they did nothing. Down. They did no, nothing. But, but Zach Wilson didn't miss wide open. I, yeah, he did. Because if you have guys that are wide open and your quarterback's not hitting them. That's part of a personal problem. No, no, no. The, the, yes, what they were is. doing, they were... But I understand what you mean on the whole play calling, but when, when I've been watching video clips of people tweeting out all day long of, this guy's open, that guy's open, this guy's open, that's all on the quarterback play. Because so, if it would have hit, then it's not bad play calling because you might have had the lead. What I saw in the game, and, and, and everybody keeps... And listen, is, is, it Zach, if, is, is a piece of the game Zach Wilson's fault? Absolutely. I I also look I also look at the game uh, the punt return at the end of the game that should have been held back that should have been brought back there was a penalty there was holding in that and I have no idea how they didn't call that now it's in New England and they're going to try to they they honestly I think they just wanted the game to end it was freezing it was frig, frigid out there they wanted the game to end but how they didn't call that when when, when on the fifty yard line there were was somebody getting chokeholded when they were running there was two guys right behind them one of them was almost on a break and they chokeholded I want to post the picture up when we go to break i'm gonna have speedy post it up you tell me if this isn't a penalty okay mm-hmm. it is a hundred percent a penalty and the referee was standing right there running down the field how we didn't see it was beyond me does that mean the jets would have won in overtime no and i'm not saying that they would have we know how bad the nfl officiating is in every game that does every game i, I i'm not gonna blame the officiating for the more game. like I'm all sports <laughs> i'm just saying that they're, they're they're very they're missing a lot in all the games throughout you know in any sport, officiating is horrible. Oh, but that, that that game, every time the Jets play the Patriots, even in MetLife Stadium, the calls that, that were going on the Patriots' side and, and the calls that were not going from the Jets' side, it was it was horrendous. And, and in this game, again, right now, the Jets just got to forget about this. They got to forget about the Patriots. They got to go. They got to go and play Chicago. 
this week. I think they're playing oh. at MetLife, and they got to beat Chicago. Seven and four. Whoever plays at the quarterback position, I believe Zach Wilson will start this week. Well, I, I do not believe. I, 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 well, maybe there could be talk of maybe if he starts, if he looks horrible. Yes, that's what I think is going to happen. After the first quarter, he's getting pulled. That's what I think is going to happen. But I think they'll give him the, the first yeah, half. Right. I the, think they'll give him the first yeah, half. But there's a lot of people who are saying that Zach And then they want accountability to where maybe he might not start. It could be. Who knows? You got to see how it plays. Out. I I believe they're going to give Zach Wilson the opportunity because I, I, I think he yeah. lost the locker room for making that if, comment. If, yeah, if, if he has the rest of the season, if he plays horrible, he's gone. He, he will not. Be I, he's not going to be gone no. because he's on a rookie contract. Yes. What it is is that they're going to bring, bring somebody in. No, they're going to bring in a veteran. They're going to bring somebody yeah, in, like a Jimmy Garoppolo no, no. or somebody, whoever, whoever's available, whoever's. Available. I had this talk earlier today with one of my friends and. If if the 49ers make the playoffs, which we don't know with their record and their winning they currently. Will. They will. Garoppolo's not going anywhere because Trey Lance two years in a row has been injured. So he's not going to go anywhere. I'm not saying. He'll get franchised one more I'm year. I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no, but somebody I, I know that. like just, Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever's available that fits. I don't even know who's available or who would be available. Maybe you get Daniel Jones. Uh, Lamar Jackson could be available. He'll get franchised. I'm, by I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just giving names. No, no, no. I know that. There I'm, are guys that are going to be in the Jets. Would you bring back Geno Smith? He's not. He's going to be signed. They're, they already said that they're working on a negotiation to re, re-sign Geno Smith. He's going well, nowhere. He's going nowhere. Uh, I think Seattle, he's the Seattle quarterback for the future. Now, uh, there could be Dave, Maybe you trade for Sam Donald. Derek though. Carr. No, I've heard Derek Carr's name. Is it, okay, here's the thing about Derek Carr. I'm curious. He has two years left on his contract. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because I read today there could be in the offseason uh, Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's going to happen. And no, that won't happen. I don't think that. And tell Kenny stop doing it. Kenny, well, stop calling. Call at ten thirty. But what, what I'm saying is, I think the Jets need to get rid of. They need a new offensive coordinator. You, you got to get rid of that. Guy. I think Michael Flores is is ruining this kid. I, I, he, I, he could be. He, he could is be. ruining this kid. Now, I, I will say this. Obviously, don't trust that he's going to throw the ball and he's going to put it in the right position for the wide receivers to catch the ball right now. Obviously, they thought that it was too windy. and they knew, I listened to Robert Sully says it was very frigid. It was very windy. The Patriot had to deal with it, so so, so should the Jets. That's a crop. That's a crock of you-know-what. That's yep, crap. But, yep. but I will say this. If you believe in this quarterback, and, and I, I listen, I remember what Josh Allen said. I don't know if anybody heard Josh Allen on play. Do you, do you I, believe in this quarterback? I do. I, I, I still really think do? I still Honestly. hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I'm still holding on I, hope I, on the Sam Donald. I, 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 I think I think that we have to wait until his third year. I, I how could you sit here? Josh Allen said, go look at Josh Allen's numbers right now. I know what he In said. his second I year. Know what he said. Go look at his numbers his second year. They are almost identical I, to I Zach know, Wilson's. They They're almost they identical. Are. Okay, I'm talking about like a couple of yards here and maybe one or two touchdowns. They're almost identical. I understand that. I, I know what the numbers are. I know that. And he but said, I, and so that's what you base it on because of basic because Josh Allen because, because Patrick Mahomes spoke out about it when they brought it up to him. Josh Allen spoke about it. He says you can't judge a quarterback after in the middle of his second year. So, it so takes what, three what, what years for a quarterback to develop. Remember, Patrick Mahomes. He sat on the bench for a full year. It was his second year where he developed. But he also had Andy Reid, a guy that was there. He had weapons there already set up for him. The Jets are building around Zach Wilson. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't a Travis Kelsey there. There wasn't this guy there. and He's trying to build complementary pieces to play around him. So, uh, again, I think that they have to give him at least 
another opportunity next year. I want to ask you a question. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so Who's a better cool. quarterback, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? Honestly, they're both the same. Fields. They're both the same. Fields, Fields don't throw the ball. He don't throw He's the ball. He's got nobody to throw to. That, he doesn't throw the ball. I'm when just he saying, does, he he doesn't have bad. Play. Mooney's a good. He's a good. Guy. He's the only one. But he's. You know, they have good tight ends too. They have tight ends that can catch the ball too. It, it, it's it's stop it. He he so, doesn't throw so, the ball. So, he's got great legs. He's got great legs. He's fast. So what do the Jets need to do? Or Honestly, all all the quarterbacks right in that class so far has not looked good. But go ahead. What did you say? I said, what is the what is the biggest problem for the New York Jets right now? Uh play calling. I, play, calling, I, I, play calling. It's not. It's not Salah. It's got to be your offensive coordinator. It is play calling. It, it, it's how do you go in the first half? You're running the ball. It's not working. The Patriots are digging in, and they know you're running the ball two out of the three times. You, they know you're doing it. So they're just clogging up the middle. They they blitzed seven guys at some aspects off a third down. They 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 completely torched the Jets. They knew the Jets were running. That's why Robinson. If you look how many times the Robinson touched the ball in the second half, they could touch the ball like three times. And this is a guy who is a really good runner, run downhill type of back. So it's the play calling. Why is it? And I, I'll say it again. Garrett Wilson was running fantastic routes in the third quarter. Why wasn't he throwing? Why wasn't he throwing the ball? Now Zach Wilson has been given. He gets two plays, right? The 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 offensive corner gives you the play that he wants you to run, and if you see something different, you audible at the line of scrimmage and you call that play. That's what you do, but, but right? Is that what you do receivers. as a quarterback? He was missing those receivers, they except if you're Peyton Manning, of course. He was wasn't. He dude, how many times did he throw the ball? <laughs> he, twenty-two. Twenty-two times. Twenty-two yeah. times in a whole football game. Mm-hmm. Nine for twenty-two. He was he was only he, nine for twenty-two. He had nine completions, twenty-two passes. How do you win a football game throwing the ball nine for twenty-two? Throw the ball. Throw the ball at least 35, 40 times in a game. That was embarrassing. It was absolutely well, embarrassing. No, it's not confidence. It's it's Mike LaFleur deciding by watching film in the first game. We were running the ball very, very well against the Patriots. Go watch the game. They kept running and digging and digging. Even in the third and fourth quarter, they can run against its defense. They were running against the defense. But here's the thing. They were running against the defense. Who was the running back in that game? Who was the running back in that game? This game or the last one? Who was the running back in the game? Mike LaFleur. Michael Carter was running the ball. 90% 90% of the time the first yeah. the first the first game. 90%. How many times did Michael Mike Car- Michael Carter were running the ball in this game? 8. 8 times. 8 times. How do you win a football game running Ty Johnson the majority of the times? It was stupid. It was dumb play calling and Michael LaFleur should be ashamed of himself. It was horrible. Horrible, horrible play calling. I, I agree. I agree with that, but I don't think they. How does Ty Johnson? Both? How does Ty Johnson touch the ball at all in the game? How many times did they give Robinson the ball? Uh, seven. seven. Seven times. times ten yards. So and... why why did you trade for him? Yeah. I, I I don't understand it. And and Zach Wilson ran the ball. He was three carries for twenty six yards. It was working running Zach Wilson. Why didn't they run the ball? Well, it, it, well I don't run uh, the ball. Why didn't they uh, just say you know Zach you're going to run the ball? Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's what, that, well, that's it makes sense, doesn't it? And, 
That's when Robin Sala has to come in and, and overrule LaFleur. I, I, Mike LaFleur is Matt LaFleur's little brother, and Matt LaFleur is Robert Sala's best friend. Robert Sala was Matt LaFleur's best man at his wedding. These guys are that. buddies. These guys have been friends since since college, these yeah, guys. They went to school together. But if you're not doing the right job, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <sighs> I, I just listen. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Jets, and we got to go to our guests. But I will say yes, this: I, I, I will say this. Sitting there and watching that game on Sunday, everybody keeps saying, "You know, get, get rid of Zach Wilson." Get you cannot get rid of a quarterback because of two football games that he didn't look at the two bad games that well, he had. Don't look at the rest of the year. Yeah. Then what? What do you mean? Then what? We have to. There. This. How, how many losses does uh, Zach Wilson have this year since he started? He has two losses. Two, yep. Against the Patriots. How many wins does he have? Five. He has five. He's five and two as a starter. And by the way, how many road wins does Zach Wilson have? How many, Beef? I don't know off the top of my head. He has three road wins. Three. The Jets have the the Jets have the best record on the road in the whole NFL. So to sit here, I'm, I'm going to answer the question. You have to wait and let to see. Let's see what this kid is at the end of the year. You I cannot did, give I, up on him because he said, didn't look at it. What happens like if the Jets play the Patriots in the in the playoffs? What happens if they play and they and all of a sudden Zach Wilson has a great game and beats the Patriots? What are you going to say then? Oh, we're going to give up on Zach Wilson. I still don't like the guy. Uh, that's fine. Don't. You don't like Dak Prescott. Look what he did the other day against oh, the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. He had one good game. Oh, one good game. He demolished, demolished the Minnesota Vikings. And I and I knew that was going to happen because uh, the Vikings are not a good team. They're not. They're not a good team. They're no. a very overrated team. And the Cowboys also ran the ball a lot more, too, which that's what he's supposed to be doing. The, the Cowboys play good defense. If you play good defense against uh, Kirk Cousins and you can yes. get to Kirk Cousins and throw him off, which yes, he doesn't that. play well. And I, I'm telling you right now, he plays like that against the Jets in two weeks. He's going to get killed, okay, because the Jets are not going to allow it. The Jets are not. You saw what they did against the Patriots. They're not going to allow it. They're not going to let Kirk Cousins do what he what he likes to do in the game and think that he has the pocket for oh. himself. Anyways, well, we got to go. Uh, right, we got to right. we Good have to get guys. our guests on. Thanks, Beef. See you later. Be good. The Beef, ladies and gentlemen, uh, fantastic as always. Uh, I, I love the Beef. When we come back, we'll be talking to athletic NBA staff writer and author of Spaced Out, Mike Prada, here on the Sports Limeouts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. A lot of New York Jets conversation, a lot of Zach Wilson crap. I knew this was going to happen. On one show on Monday after that just horrible display of quarterback play. So uh, we will get into that a little bit later in the show. We'll get into all the football games. But we have a very special guest. We are now talking to athletic NBA staff writer and author of Spaced Out, Mike Prada. Mike, what's up, bud? I'm good. I I hope I don't get... On your bad side, I hope you like the book and you don't go after me like you <laughs> went after that last caller. Jesus, man! <laughs> you know what it is? Is I'm 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 not attacking the call. I know the caller pretty well, and he he can, for year for the since he was drafted, since Zach Wilson was drafted, he told me he's not going to be a quarterback. How do you know that? You, do you know? Do, do you know all about uh, you know 
the quarterback, you know, when you're stepping outside of the pocket, you know about arm strength. Do you know about speed inside and out? There were a lot of people that thought Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to be any good. When you watch him play for, uh, what was it, Texas Tech? Mm-hmm. He, he, he wasn't a great quarterback in college. He stepped on an NFL field. He became a superstar. So you can't judge a book by its cover just because, hey, you know what? I saw him in college. He sucked. Or I played for BYU. Was that, a a deliberate, was that a deliberate turn of phrase right there? <laughs> judge a book by its cover? Yeah, I think so. I so think can so. you judge? So have you judged my book by its cover? <laughs> Not yet. And I haven't had a chance. I haven't had a chance to read your book. But I, I so will. So you have judged it by its cover. Nah, well, I, 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 know, <laughs> I know a little bit about you, Mike. Uh, I've, I've read oh, some geez, of your stuff. That, that, sounds, that sounds really uh, foreboding. I think you're a really good writer. You know your NBA. <laughs> You really well, do. Thank you. You, you thank know your you. NBA, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to reading your book. I heard a lot of good things about it. We had somebody on the show last week that uh, spoke about it, spoke very highly of you as a person and as a personality. So, uh, very happy to have you on. Uh, how are you doing right. with uh, you know all the craziness over the last couple of years with the COVID and uh, the crazy political stuff that's going on? How are you doing? I think I'm doing good. You know, as good as we all can be. Uh, given these times. So why don't we get into your book first, and then we'll go into the NBA and your thoughts of some of the teams, the New York teams, and all the craziness that are going on. I know it's early in the season. Anything could happen. Uh, tell us a little bit about how did this book come along, first of all? What what gave you the thought to write a book like this and and really bring it bring it to that, that forefront as a writer, uh, obviously for The Athletic, and, and really you've been writing for the NBA for all these years. Yeah, no, it was a, a book that Triumph kind of picked, the publisher kind of pitched me. They wanted me to do a book on kind of how do you watch basketball a little bit smarter. And, you know, to your point earlier about, like, do, what do we know about anything? What do we know about quarterbacks? What do I know about how someone should watch basketball smarter? It seemed a little too, like, kind of high-minded for me. So I kind of tweaked the pitch a little bit. I thought that this era was a really important one. I think that we have sort of missed the central point here, which is, Okay, it's about the threes, but really it's about we basically double the court size without adding more players to fill it. So I wanted to kind of write a book about how we got to this point to kind of illustrate how these last eight years really Hmm. have just been the greatest transformation in basketball since the shot clock. And that was kind of the genesis of it, I think, to make it more about space. And, you know, it is about the three-point revolution, but it's really about what the effect of adding that space is so kind of started from there uh and it was something i've been thinking about for quite a while and just was a matter of trying to figure out what parts needed to be in there and what didn't because this book could have been a thousand pages ten thousand pages a hundred thousand pages and so you know where do you you cannot possibly tell the story with everyone so what exactly is the narrative through line and that was kind of what it was what it came down to it you know this is about well, you're, we're in 2022 now. Sorry that all the time, like, kind of blends together these last. Don't two years. mention the years because I feel even older. It's when 2060, you that. obviously. Mm, <laughs> I'd rather okay. it be 2060. We we'll have so you're, cars. You just celebrated you know? your 21st birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if yeah, I was no, 21 again. Could you imagine? <laughs> mm. This has all been taking place over the course of like two years now. So mm. yeah, that that's kind of where it came about, mm. and just a matter of I feel like we're kind of in a moment where we're coming out of this great revolution like i think nobody had really taken stock of what exactly happened and how it changed the sport and so i want to try to do that 
So before I get to my question, I just want to brought up what Errol mentioned earlier. We actually had your uh, your counterpart at the Athletic, Tyler Baptiste, on last week. He was actually the oh, one. Oh yeah. That, I know you wanted my to come boss. on. Yeah. I, he wanted, <laughs> I know you were the one that wanted to come on last week. He like beat you to the spot for like five minutes, but he actually mentioned your book in one of Errol's questions. So yeah, that's he why did. that's why he brought it I up. Hear you telling me? Yeah, Tyler's great. Yes. So, so I just wanted to tell you that was the coincidence. So that's I wanted great. to talk about it from a perspective of isolation basketball versus ball movement. Uh, the analytics now in today's NBA emphasize a lot more with the ball movement too. But we still have a lot of players that still want to be isolation players, want to create their own shot. So where do you draw the line when it comes to the spacing element of what you mentioned in your book when it comes to those two concepts? It's almost like kind of a false premise type of question to me. What it really comes down to is every play has got to start going somewhere. You know, you have to create an advantage, whether it's create an advantage by taking one guy and putting him against a bad defender and trying to get him off the dribble to kind of create those dominoes afterwards, or if it's a pick and roll, or if it's any sort of, play, you know, at what point do you turn five on five into five on four, four on three, three on two? Uh, and what's really changed is that's kind of how the game has always been. What's really changed is now you're kind of taking those 10 people and you're putting them on a much larger space because you've created a every part of the court beyond the three-point line is now fair game for a shot, for <clears> play, <throat> for anything. And you've kind of essentially expanded the court. So, you know, something like to say that kind of ball movement is triggered. I mean, in some ways, it's sort of easier to move the ball when you're playing on a wider surface, hmm. you know. Uh, so I think that's kind of what it comes down to. And it's a lot more about kind of you take instead of trying to jam the ball to the rim through like post ups or, you know, like a battering ram, you're now abdicating the space around the basket and then charging it. And whether you're charging it in the form of a drive, a one on one drive, a pick and roll you know, any other sort of form of offense, it's really about that. And then it's just easier to kind of ping, 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 move the ball around out of that sort of, uh, once you create that advantage, because there's more space on the floor. And so in many ways, the last eight years is about, some of it is about kind of the play style. How do you break down the defense to create that? But a lot more of it, I think is about what happens when it is five on four in a situation or when you have created an advantage, how do you mitigate the advantage? How do you amplify the, yeah. the advantage? And that's, you know, kind of what this, this has been about. So I, I don't know if there's really, I mean, in some ways that's kind of what it, it's almost like kind of a false premise to say, I think not to, you know, totally poo poo your question. Oh, poo -poo it. It's sort of a false premise because it's, it's just a matter of what you once you what you do once you create the advantage, you know, you, there are a lot of ways to do it, and then there are a lot of ways to try to take advantage of it. And I think when you kind of get people to spread out more, it's just easier to kind of cascade that ball movement all the way through the game because there's just more space to move the ball. We are talking to athletic NBA staff writer and author of Spaced Out, Mike Prada. You know, it's so funny. Uh, we talk about Steph Curry a lot on the show. I am not a Steph Curry fan. Never was. Um... I, when he was drafted, obviously from Davidson, and I, I, I did want him to be a Nick, and I thought he would really change. Oh, so that's what. So that's no, why no, no, that's not why. That's not why. That's not why. That's really it. That's that's not why. Okay. That's not why. I, I, I thought when he came into the league and the way the game was going, I really liked the way the game was played in the uh, the late nineties and early two thousand. It was transitioning, and and the three point really started to. Go out of get out of control when Steph Curry came into the league, and then you're obviously with Thompson there, and and really with the Golden State Warriors, they changed the league, and it really I believe ruined the game because everybody is throwing 35, 43s every single game, and and 
probably most of the time they're they're shooting under fifty percent. Some of them, and it to me. That is not the way the NBA game was fun. That wasn't the way the NBA was played in the 90s where I thought the game was so intriguing with the fadeaway jumpers and, and the big men, the Hakeem Olajuwans and, 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 and the, the Matumbos and the, the Alonzo Mornings of the world. I thought the game was so much more fun to watch because there was post, there was, there was a post game and, and, and you wanted to see that. Now you have these big men, you know what? It doesn't matter if they could shoot a three or not. As long as they're practicing, they're going to put it up there in or not i mean draymond green was shooting a three the other day and he is he's a power forward slash center i don't know how he's a center i'm sorry he, is, there, is there a question in here no but I, i'm telling you it's it's ruined the game he'll get to it it's ruining the game and i you understand know what? i think i think you're the target audience for this book i had an uncle my uncle is a huge basketball fan there's only uh, one thing more, more than read. old mm-hmm. yes i can more of an old school kind of basketball fan like you. He mm. kind of liked the basketball back in the yeah. day a lot more. Yeah. And I have to admit that as I was writing this book, I kept picturing him as my target audience. To be mm-hmm. like, this is the type of person who would appreciate kind of reimagining what this game is about. It's right. not about just jacking threes. It's about what it's done to the geometry of the floor and how that has impacted it. And that was sort of my target audience. So, I guess my answer to your non question is: I think you would really enjoy the kind of I'm going to read and reimagining what I'm going to read sort it. of what this is really about. I mean, the three the three point shot. That's really what the effect of the three point shot has done right. on the whole game, and how it's really not just about you know make having everybody just jack these shots. It's about kind of creating the room and creating demonstrating well, it's more, space. Expand, right. more space, more space has expand the court that allows these players to have more room to actually do really cool shit that you like, mm. you know? And so if you're all just ramming, ramming, ramming the basket, like in the nineties, I mean, look, everybody's got what they like. You're hardly the only person who doesn't like basketball today. Uh, but I think it just sort of, it's a totally different way of thinking about how you accomplish what you're trying to accomplish in the sport. And that's why, to be honest, I think, one of the motivations for me to write this book is that I, I don't think that this era has been particularly well understood mm. because it looks so different than what so many of us have grown up on. Mm. It's as if it's a totally different sport. So I understand why you're looking at this and be like, what the fuck is this? Mm. Like, I get that, but it's, it, I think it's sort of a time we'll that we almost need to relearn what <laughs> this is. It's a totally different sport. Mm. You know, yeah. it's, it's interesting when, when – and I've been watching the NBA for a very, very long time. It's actually my favorite sport. But you're 21. How are you – I'm 40. <laughs> I'm 40. I thought you said you're 21. No. Okay. No. I, you, want, you want to call me 21, I'm 21, but – He's 21 in the year 2060, so yeah. he hasn't been born yet. Yeah, you're probably right, but – How old do you think I am? You are 37. You 37. Okay. How old are you? How old are you, you 40. Said? Okay, so we're about the same bracket of yeah. generation. Like, we grew up with the NBA and NBC. How old are you? How old are you? 35. Okay, so, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought I was going to get 32. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, so we, we grew yeah. up in the same, like, yeah. NBA and NBC, like, sort of Patrick Ewing, Michael Jordan. <laughs> the song. You know, da, 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 the Blood da, da, in the Garden era of the Knicks, that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my question to you is, uh, what were your thoughts with the whole Kyrie Irving crap? I mean, this guy has been an absolute pathological idiot in, in the NBA ever since he walked on the court from Duke and he was the number one pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
this stuff came out and and he posted up a, a film that he wanted people to watch and he he had everybody liking it and all that other stuff and then when you, I didn't watch it but I'm just appalled by you know his thoughts of where you know anti-semitic and anti-semitic you know thoughts from this film made any sense to what he was saying to the public and the press what were your thoughts to Kyrie Irving after you heard this and, and not apologize, really, until they said, you know what, you're going to be suspended and we'll tell you when you could play again? Yeah, he's a pretty stupid person doing pretty dangerous things. Those are my thoughts. Mm. So, <laughs> sorry, I don't really have much. No. Wait, what was yeah. it? That way? What would you say? I'm sorry, I apologize. What was that? I said he's a, he's a pretty stupid person with pretty dangerous thoughts. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you got the stupid part, right? <laughs> so what about Kevin Durant? He came out and take shots at the organization last oh, week. Is he trying to push himself out again, you think, inadvertently? Maybe he gets traded in a month or two? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about what he said after the Sacramento game? Yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, he probably. wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. I mean, it, it's sort of an interesting, it sort of spawned an interesting meta discussion sort of in our field where it's like, you know, what he said is probably not particularly inspiring to Emben Summer, Sumner and all those other players on the team. But like as a media person, you kind of like that he was just honest and he just said the thing that like we all know. Uh, yeah, he probably wants to be to out again. I mean, it's very weird to sort of want to trade to put that out there Pandora's box and then to it'll be fine after that. That doesn't usually happen. The only example of that happening really in NBA history. I mean, there's like Hakeem Olajuwon in the 90s and Kobe in 2007. So, yeah, I think he probably still wants out. I mean, there is also a lot of stuff changing there. You know, they have a new coach. They The guy they probably should have hired right all the way along uh, instead of hiring uh, Steve Nash. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's no question he's only hurting himself with sort of the way he's acted since Golden State. And I think he – you know, that's just the bed that he's decided to make for himself. Still an amazing basketball player. Mm. I've mm -hmm. been watching the game, and you were talking about your book and how the game has changed and transitioned. You know, with the NBA always changing rules, and for me, it's gotten softer, so I could barely watch. But do you feel with, like what everybody's been stating, a lot of players have been throwing and chucking up threes or attempting the three points. Do you think down the road the NBA would institute a four-point line? Uh, do I think they would? Maybe, probably. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either, I, but I could, I think for some reason, the, the way this league is being operated and how soft it's getting and everybody's just shooting threes, I could know, probably, I, really like this I could probably anticipate a four, a four point line being created since everybody's shooting from half court. But see, I, I think that would be counterproductive to even what the NBA wants supposedly if it wants what you don't want. Because uh, I, I think I can clearly see the point of view that you guys have about this current league. Um, no, oh, it, I, it would, I, I definitely have it would my... Be it would be counterproductive to what they want because the whole point of a three-point line is you need to draw the defense out to create this room to play, right? So that's already been accomplished. People can shoot that shot anyway. There's no reason to add a four-point line to spread people out any further. I don't know if we'd you know? be spreading it out or maybe add more scoring as but, you know something more enticing to where you know if you're down by four points now there's a line drawn i think they're going to leave things as is mm -hmm. and i mean at, at the end of the day too i mean again the whole book is i'm not saying they're saying right away i'm talking about like down the road something probably talked about in five or ten years i would be surprised i mean never say never but i don't think so 
no. Um, I think they're going to leave it as is. I mean, there's only so much space you can put mines before you get to half court, you know? Yeah. Um, so, again, like, kind of the whole point. If you, This is what the book is about, really. Maybe so be that double, this... that double round ring at the top, but obviously spaced out a little bit more. Like, maybe 10 feet or 5 feet more. Why? What, what would it do? The whole point of... It's just this... adding spice and points to a leak. But we don't need that. It's fine now, the way it is. Like, we're solving a problem that doesn't exist. Like, the whole point of the line for it to be where it is, is it draws, it, it's like a marker to kind of get people to kind of play in a wider surface so that they're not playing in a faux book and slamming against each other. I mean, basketball is a long history, going back to the days of Naismith, as which was discussed in the book. It's always wanted a more open game. Mm. You know, they had the six-foot key with George Mikan back in the 50s that they doubled after one year because it was too unfair for the big guy. This is the legacy of the league. You know, what happened in the 90s, that kind of in the in this kind of phone booth type of style, that's ahistorical. That's what they don't want. They have never wanted. So they have what they want now. They have a game that is up and down, spread out, you know, with a lot of kind of fluidity. All the stuff you guys don't seem to like, which is fine. Um, but that's that's what the league has kind of been seeking. And so to add a four-point line is just it's solving for a problem that doesn't exist from that perspective. There's no there's no impetus for it. Um, you know, I think the same would be true, although this feels maybe more likely if they move the line back. The balance to me is kind of right now. I would not mess with it. And I don't know if they will. My suspicion is that there's – unless, like, kind of ratings really go – and, like, nobody's watching – which I don't think is happening right it now. It won't happen because there's a lot of young stars that are in the league that are, you know, the fans are excited to see. Yeah, I am too. Who's your favorite currently? My favorite player in the NBA. Uh, my favorite young star. I mean, God, who? how many? There are too many to count, honestly. I mean, I am a Wizards fan, so that's uh, kind of where I, I grew up. Um, yeah, not so great. Uh, I mean, at least you got Bradley Beal. They're ten and seven. Look, they're not playing bad basketball. It's it's gonna fall apart. It's it's gonna yeah, crash. They're, they're a little over their heads. Yeah. Uh, who do I like the most? I mean, I I love. Uh, you know what I love? This is gonna sound really hokey, but think about it: that we have a league where guys who are look like Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Zion Williamson, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis. Uh, now we're going to have Wembenyama, Nikola Jokic, and B. Think about how different all those guys look. John Morant, mm. Kawhi. People say that there's no stylistic diversity in today's league. Look at how many different players, different body types, different styles of play are thriving today. That was not the case in the 90s. It wasn't. Jordan made it look like it was the case, but... There's a lot more kind of player diversity now than there ever has been. And I think you have to kind of look at the way the game is played. Now, you may, again, whether you think that's interesting or cool, that's up to you. But to me, I think the, the criticism that the stylistic diversity isn't there is odd when you look at how all these different types of players who, if the game was stylistically not diverse, you would think that it would sort of cater to a certain type of player and not to other types. But you look at all these different types of players that are thriving, to me, that, that sort of kills that argument. Uh, we are talking to athletic NBA staff writer and author of Spaced Out, Mike Prada. Last question for us. Uh, do you 
do you like the game right now? Do do you like yes. the game? You like the game right now better than the '90s? Is that what you're saying? I think it's a better. I think it's a more a better product. Game. Yeah. You think it's a better product? I mean, this is a this is a. Uh, you're pinning me down on like wording calling product because I think I think um, I think it depends on sort of how it's been sold. I don't know if I love the way it's been marketed. I think mm-hmm. you put the like NBC marketing on today's game, and right. it would blow the '90s out of the water. Let's put it that way. Well, there's more people. Uh, watching I think the game is. I think the game is more skill now. I think it's harder. I think it's you know more sophisticated. I like that you can see what all these guys are doing. There's appeal to the way the game was played back then. But Mike, I, Mike, I you say the, the game. I'm sorry to cut you off. Mike, you say the game is harder. How is it harder? I, I, I don't understand. I think I mean, it's harder to play. How, how You're is playing it on a bigger surface? That's how it's harder. You're playing on a wider surface. You're telling five guys that they have to cover more space. You can't. You, That's you, harder. You put a pinky on somebody. They're at a free throw line. I mean, this this game is boring. It's it's like it's baby game. You have them crying. You have Draymond Green crying. You have. I mean, if you were crying to the referees, or you crying to Shaquille O'Neal in the nineties, which the reason that you're what you're describing is really simple. When mm. you play in this much space with ten people, they're going right. to bump into each other more often. Mm-hmm. When you play in this much space, they're right. not. Mm. It's really really is that simple. Mm. And so, if you're saying like kind of every, you can't touch a guy when it's when it's a foul, I mean. Yeah, because you have to move and cover a lot more space. Hmm. You know, have you ever? You guys ever played capture the flag? Oh, of yes. course, of course. You have, right? Now Bay imagine ball. one day Bay that the teacher the says, yeah. "Imagine one day that the teacher says, oh, okay, guys. By the way, the field is twice as big now." Mm-hmm. That would be a lot harder a game for you to play, would it not? It would be harder, but I mean, you have the same understanding of how you play the game on how you can but win. You, you know. But you don't. It's a different game. Your strategies are different. You know, you're gonna you're gonna sort of look at do we send more people over here to kind of spread the defense out and then rush here? If you were really like the problem is that there's no like capture the flag coach or capture the flag X's and O's, right? Mm. You know, imagine like if there was. <laughs> Maybe there will right? be right. But if you if you were to sit down and think like, okay, if you're gonna play professionally, how are we gonna optimize our chances to win right. when the court doubles? You're going to do it differently, and it is going to be harder. You have to cover more ground. Mm. That's what's happened to basketball. So when I say it's harder, I mean, it is. You can't touch anyone when it's not a foul. A lot of that is because when you spread the game out and you allow these guys to move over all these the surface, it's a lot harder to cover them. More surface and shooting shots, they're, they're drawing you out more. I mean, how do you think like defensive backs cover receivers on a large surface? I mean, it's really more. Well, like they're already to... they're already trying to get rid of turf and bring back grass. So, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, but I don't know. <laughs> to me, like the your this point is like kind of the point of the book, hiding in plain sight. I'm, I'm going to I'm you going double the court. It's I'm going to be harder to. Go, I'm going to, to read your book. I'm going to read your book, and I'm going to have Speedy uh, get you back on the show, and I am going to. Scope through it, and I, I'm definitely intrigued on on the way you wrote this book, uh, spaced out because uh, I, I love the game of basketball. I grew up with the game of basketball, and it was it, there was something about the '90s and the game, the way it was played, is what I really got drawn to, and what I see what now. You, what do you like about the old style? Uh, like in terms of, I mean, quickly, it- I, I I can tell you right now what I loved. I just love how the NBA. First of all. Uh, the the way you position, the way you defend a player, um, you can use your hands. 
um, really get get in front of the ball and and the fadeaways and and, and the post up games that you get a chance to see. I uh, even the game of the NBA, the triangle offense came in. Uh, really, when you know, obviously it's been around for years, but uh, yes, yeah. but Phil Jackson when he brought the triangle offense and really uh, redefined the passing game and understanding how you play the game of basketball and 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 finding the open guy they and pass open more shot. now. Though, yes, you know? yes, of course. I just I just love the game and <laughs> and really the the flay, you, you know it was more rough. It was more there yeah, was because more, they played in yeah, this space, but it was still it was still you know you can. You can push a guy right out, you know, the fans and stuff like that. Now you push a guy, it's a flagrant two, and you're thrown out of the game. Oh, Tatum so, Clapton got a technical. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's well, that, well, what you're describing is... I mean, it got rescinded, know, but it's pathetic. Yeah, What you're describing is not is something different than what he's No, describing. but I, I, I just love the game because it was just... Everybody hated each other. Nobody was friendly. They went out there... Yeah, today's they, game is very friendly. Yeah, everybody, they're kissing each LeBron, other. Because LeBron because ruined not, the competitive edge. Yeah, because the '90s was they, they sold the lie better to you, Mike. I it's love you. I, mean, I love you. you know. I'm going to read your book, and we're going to get you on the show. And I am going to make sure that I'm going to pick the things that I want to attack. I'm sure it's a great book. I, I read your stuff. You're I, fantastic. I'll, let me just say this. Yes. Thank you for having me. I did like there. Is, there there are certain things about you know old the '90s. The biggest difference. Is you know the thing, one thing we didn't talk about, which is the legal defense rule. Yes, changing the geometry of the floor. I mean, that's really the biggest difference. Mm. Doesn't matter. The NBA really the doesn't play defense anyway. I would argue it's the exact opposite. Mm. It's a lot harder to play defense, so they have to do it collectively, and they are again five people. Right. This space versus this space, a lot easier to do the job when you're in this space. Interesting. It is interesting. I'm definitely going to read it. And we're gonna get you back on. I'm intri- I'm intrigued right now. So how many how many pages are in the book, by the way? A little bit over a hundred. I double that. Really? Did you sign it? I want to sign it and send here. one over. S- send me send me a signed copy. I'll make sure Errol reads it. I'll it might take it. like a couple of months. Three hundred and thirty-nine. I'll read it. I, I and it's, I, it won't take three months. It'll take me a week to read that. You could buy thing. it too. Yeah, I'll, you know what? I'm gonna do it for you, but you got to sign it. I want to sign copy. <laughs> you have to if you send me. I'll copy, send it to you. I will send it to you. I will buy copy, it, though. and I'll, I'll have Speedy. <laughs> and I want, I want you, I want you to write something particular in my book. Yeah, that, uh, and I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what to write. To Errol, the New York Knicks suck and will forever suck. <laughs> well, thank you. Anyways, uh, I mean. What can I say? They probably will. Mm. Although, do they win tonight? They're winning tonight. Yeah, okay, whatever. He's, he's, he's a dumb Celtics fan. Who cares what he thinks? Anyways, they're going to lose two this I'm year the against Milwaukee. Boston. They're going to lose against Milwaukee when they get healthy. Rings, There's not a chance. Banners, not a chance in the hell. The pride of Boston. Not a chance has in arrived. Hell. Not a chance in hell. Anyways. Aren't they, didn't Boston lose tonight, too? Uh, probably. Boston snapped their 90 game winning streak. I think Boston lost tonight. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, they're losing oh, tonight to Chicago. Yeah, well... Yeah, I don't worry about one game. You know, I just wait till the final. By the way, the Islanders tied with two minutes left. Anyways... Shocking. Uh, Mike, we really appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll get you on again. I will read your book. I will send you the copy. I want it signed, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Spaced Out. How's that sound? Okay. Well, thank you for thank you guys. You can you get it on Amazon. Man. You get it on... I'm going to buy it on Amazon. I'll buy it tonight. You can buy it at your local bookshop. 
Uh, you can buy it at Barnes and Noble. You can buy it through the publisher. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I gotta do this spiel. The publisher makes me. It's all right. That's all right. You know, you can do your shout outs. Um, it's totally fine. Yeah. You shout out your dog too. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Mike. Very really spirited conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> we were just talking to athletic NBA staff writer and author of Spaced Out, Mike Prada. Fantastic. He really is. He, he sticks to his dukes. I, I like that. Personality and everything like that. Uh, by the way, it's Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's I over. needed that in fantasy. Oh, you have Debo Samuel? Yeah. Too? I have him a couple yeah. of my leagues, too. Fantastic. But Mike, Mike's fantastic. He really mm-hmm. is. When we come back, we'll be talking to USA Hockey and Rangers writer, host of Broadway Hot Hots podcast, Kyle Hall. He was on the show, and I'm looking forward to getting him on again. We haven't spoken to him oh, this over is be a year. Fantastic. When we come back here. On the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. I don't know if Kyle likes this music, but I like it. 631 672 3108 is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. As everybody knows, you can check our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Fantastic stories, all the great shows throughout the country. We got a Buffalo Bills show. We got a Jets show. We got everything. So go check it out. Go to the website, worldwidesportsradio.com. Uh, I, I will say this. Mike Prada was fantastic. He is a good personality. I disagree with him that the game is better. I disagree with him that the game is more interesting and harder to play. I think it's just boring to watch. I, I, I think the game, I can't sit, even playoff basketball, I don't start watching playoff basketball until the second rounds. I, I don't even care about the first round because it, it, it just, it's not amusing to me anymore. And, and I, I don't care what anybody says. Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors were in the game of basketball. But we have a hockey guy on now. We're not talking about shooting threes. We're talking about hitting pucks. We're now talking to USA Hockey and Rangers writer and host of Broadway Hat Podcasts. Kyle Hall. Kyle, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Long time since we talked. Absolutely, man. Hey, listen, you have a smile on your face. That's great. I mean, the last <laughs> the last time you were on the show, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got under your skin a little bit. I mean, with the yeah, and, and I told you that Adam Fox would win a Norris Trophy. Yes, she did. You were right about that. Hey, I also said Noah Dobson's going to be a pretty good player, too. Yeah, he's turned out pretty well. Yeah, he's, he's starting to blossom, thank God. But uh, anyways, why don't we get into it? Before we get into that, um, how are you feeling? Uh, I mean, last time we spoke, uh, COVID was going on. It was, everybody yeah. was, everybody wanted to jump out of a building. They were stuck in their houses, masks. I mean, now it's just like nothing ever happened. How are you and your family? We're great. We're good. Uh, I got actually expecting a new uh, little a new little girl on the way now. Congratulations. So. Congratulations. Yeah, so a lot of change has been on. and. uh yeah, it's been good. Thanksgiving coming up, so that's always a good time with family. We got Christmas coming on here, so if the Rangers can turn it around, well, uh, it'll be a really good Christmas season. Well, listen, when you're stuck in a house all that time, you you have to do something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you it's can't hit pucks. <laughs> you can't hit pucks, so you might as well do something else. Anyways, I'm just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think I'm crazy, but I am a little crazy. Anyways, why don't we get into it? Um, the Metropolitan Division, everybody thought that it was really – the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. And I know it's still early in the season, but everybody thought they were one and two after what happened last year. The Rangers played and had a great season. They went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals last year where uh, they, they, they played great hockey and, and obviously bumped into a, 
a team that was just better than they were. But knocking off Carolina, knocking off the teams that they knocked off as 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 good as they were throughout the season, there were some questions about going into the new season with Chris Kreider, if Chris Kreider was the going to score 50 goals this year. It was Panarin going to have the season early last year. He couldn't really score, couldn't do anything, and then and then started to play a little bit better at the end of the season, then couldn't score in the playoffs. Did you do you think that this Ranger team going into this year was going to be better than they are right now? Better than they are right now, yes. I thought that they would I thought they would take the momentum from the playoffs and bring it into the new season. And I thought it all came down to the kids, right? They had the kid line that was electric for them all postseason. And it kind of came down to them taking the next step with Ryan Strom leaving, uh Frank Vetrano leaving, you know, these guys who they brought in. You know, Vitrano was brought in halfway, halfway through the year or towards the end of the year. Cop was Andrew Cop was brought in. They were huge, you know, pieces to that Rangers team that run. They lost those guys. They lost Ryan Strom, who's been there forever. Now, the addition of Frank Vitrano, I thought, was an upgrade, and it is an upgrade from Ryan Strom. Uh, you look at the numbers, you look at everything he's done for them this year. He's been a major upgrade. I'm sorry, who? Frank uh, Trocheck, uh, Vincent Trocheck. Yeah, sorry, Trocheck. that's what I'm saying. Sorry, I'm like Trocheck. Sorry, the trial is not on the team because I just saw. I was looking at stats before. Uh, Trocheck has been a major uh, upgrade over Strom coming in the season right now, um, but I, they're just not scoring right now. Chris Kreider, you know, the goals that were going in last year on the deflections are hitting the post or going wide. Um, you know, Panarin, he's had. I think I saw the other day he's had three consecutive games now, or he had three consecutive games of. Zero shots on goal, five on five, which is kind of startling to see that, you know, what's going on there with him. And uh, Mika Zibanejad, for a while, was only scoring the power play. I think he only has two goals now at five on five. So, again, the one thing that the Rangers struggled with last year was five on five offense. The whole thing, the offseason was trying to improve that, and we haven't seen that at all. But And the power play, which was clicking at a historic rate last year, you know, you just can't keep up with, you know, a 30% number. Like, that's an insane number to keep up with. So, uh, Igor Shesterkin is still fantastic in net. The defense has had some issues. Some? <laughs> some Come issues. On. Come um, on, Kyle. Be honest now. Some that, issues. No. Yeah, I mean, you look at the a Rangers defense. A lot of issues. You look at the Rangers defense where they're at right now. You have Adam Fox, who's obviously. Fantastic. He's a fantastic He's fantastic. Player. He's yeah. playing 25 minutes a night. He's great. Ryan Lindgren's been great. Keandre Miller. A guy who I think all Ranger fans and I thought would take a next step this year hasn't taken that step yet. And could it be because Jacob Trouba's been playing hurt and has been playing below the level that we saw him in the playoffs play last year? Maybe. He, before the off se- before the season started, there's a whole thing where he wanted to get more involved offensively, Keandre Miller. We saw it happen in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen him about five or six times get caught in the offensive zone behind the net on a two-on-one going the other way and giving up a goal. So we've seen that kind of backfire a couple times on it, and he's got zero goals right now. So it's kind of like, you know, I understand taking the risk, but, you know, maybe let's not do it while Truba right now is playing with a clear injury and not skating up to 100%. Mm. The third pairing is a 20-year-old and a 22-year-old or Libor Hayek, who's, you know, frankly, a seventh defenseman or a high-level AHL defenseman. He's not, you know, he's playing well, but he's not an NHL, you know, top six defender in a normal day. So I think as the season goes on here, there's two things that the Rangers need to add. They need to add another score sometime during this, this year because – Patrick Kane? I, I mean, I would love that. I think both He's of He's going to be gifted. Would, He'll be there. 
both of our teams are apparently the two teams that are wanting to get him in LA is also interested. But I heard the Islanders um, are too. That's what I said. Both of our teams, yeah, the Islanders are. I've heard they are. No, no, they're not going to get him. They might not get him, but they're interested in him. Yeah, they're interested in everybody. (laughs) Well, they have Mayfield. Wait, hold on. Didn't you know? Lou's still sleeping. Lusu is still sleeping, but the Islanders still win in overtime, and they're right now but still in second st- place. He's still sleeping. Oh, he's sleeping, but he's got a good team. You, you, you sit here and you. All the Islander fans. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kyle. But all the Islander fans, especially the hating Islander fans, they sit here. They can't score. They can't do anything. Lou, Lou is sleeping all off season. The Islanders what have what? They're, they're fifth in the league in goal scoring. They are what? Number number four in goals against in all of hockey. Oh, it was a horrible offseason. They added Romanoff, who's been very, very good as a defenseman for a defensive pairing that they have. The Islanders are playing really good hockey. Really good hockey. So for all the Islander fans that were taking shots at Lou Lamorello that he didn't do anything in the offseason, maybe because he knew this team was actually pretty damn good. Okay? And that's all I'm going to say. The one thing about the Islanders, too, is last year they had, which is what I, I – Tell this on my podcast. I say it to Ranger fans when they ask me all the time. The Islanders last year had the UBS opening. They were on the road for 13 games. They had that whole COVID thing where the half the team came down with COVID. And they were the first team in the NHL that caught COVID. So the NHL was kind of like, yeah, we'll continue to play. And finally, yep. when other teams got sick, they shut down. So they had like a 25-game stretch where they were just on the road mm-hmm. or sick. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, that's something about, you know, and that's a team that was in the conference final two years in a row mm-hmm. before that. So, I mean, as much as you want to say that the bubble was a real playoff or not. but And a lot of people's favorites to winning the Stanley Cup last year. There was so many. The Hockey Digest, Sports Illustrated, they all had the Islanders winning the Stanley Cup last year. And then all of a sudden this year, uh, they're going into this year, oh, they don't have, they're not making up. Same same team coming back except Chara's gone and they added Romanoff, who's a younger, faster, hitting type of player. They're not. They're not good enough to make the players. They're not good enough to go all the way. What a crock of you know what? And that's that's called hating. That's called hating <laughs> and saying that Lou Lamorello doesn't know what he's doing. This is the same guy who's been there for four years and won two GM of the Year awards. This guy is to me. This guy's a champion everywhere he's gone. Remember, he he didn't come from just hockey. He used to GM for basketball. He came from college basketball before he even took over for an NHL team. This guy's been around sports his whole life. He's been winning everywhere he's gone. So to say that this guy is past his time, it's a crocky. Just like Brian Cashman, past his time. What a crocker you know what. That's all I'm going to say. By the way, the Islanders are tied right now for eighth in goals for right now in the entire league. That's tonight. After tonight. Yes. So uh, so my question, go back to the Rangers, is about the, the kid line. There was the dilemma at the beginning of the year because of how well they played in the playoffs. They were consistently the best line. And there was a thought of, all right, should they let Kako and Lafreniere develop and put them in the top six? Or should they keep them together and play maybe more minutes? So what is your what is your impression of what you've seen so far with these guys playing in the top six? Hedl really hasn't done much because he was hurt. But the other guys, do you keep them, do you put them back together? Would you Have you been impressed with some of them in the top six? Yeah, I mean, I thought they played well. I mean, you know, they tried Lafreniere on the top line and Kako with the Panarin line, and I thought they played well. But, you know, obviously the Rangers had issues scoring there for a little bit. They had a couple bad games, and they decided to change the lines up, and all of a sudden the kid line's back, and immediately they start producing again. So it's one of those things where it's like you want to separate – they need to separate them. They need them to play top line minutes because they just need more offensive firepower. You can't have Jimmy Vc playing on your top line. I mean – as much as I like him, you know, you need another a better score on your top line with Kreider and, and uh, Zibanejad. For the Rangers to go where they go, to go to the playoffs and go on a run, they need these kids to produce. 
if it's the kid line, then make the kid line your second line then, and then make a line of Panarin with Kreider and Zabanja and have two top lines and then kind of fill in your roster below that if that's what they want to do. But to go for the Rangers to make a run, they have to start. These kids have to start producing. I thought Lafreniere has taken a more of a step than Kako has. Kako's been a little snake bitten this year. He's gotten robbed like six or seven times by goalies by a couple posts. I think Lafreniere is more of a complete at his age than Kako is. Um, I think Heedle, to be honest with you, is the best one of all of them right now. I think he stepped up in the playoffs last year with the goal scoring, and mm. he was hurt for a little bit. But when he's played, he's played well. And unfortunately, they kind of have him pegged right now in that third-line center role. I would love to see him possibly move up on a wing because he's not afraid to shoot. Yeah. And if they move him on a wing with Panarin and Trocek, I think that would be a great spot for him because Panarin loves to pass the puck. Heedle will shoot the puck. Trocek will shoot the puck. Trocek, I think, has something like 64 shots on net already this mm-hmm. year, which is second on the Rangers, I believe. Yep. Um, which is why, again, great. I think he's a better fit than Ryan Strom. And the guy's winning faceoffs at a 56% clip. Anybody's is, better than Ryan Strom. Yeah. Anybody. Islander fan hate there from Ryan Oh, Strom, he's yeah. horrible. He was horrible <laughs> he on was the Rangers. He was better in a Rangers jersey. <laughs> uh, really? He missed an open net last year that could have sent the, uh, the, the, uh, the Rangers missed, into a better position in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, the he guy stinks. He missed about four open nets last he year. Stinks. But he's still, he's still an okay player. Yeah. But anyway. Who's getting $5 million, what, from Anaheim? I think he's playing yeah, for Anaheim. Yeah, for five. Five over five, yeah. He, he's ridiculous. I, there's no way he's worth $5 million. I wouldn't pay him a million. I, a matter of fact... I wouldn't pay him 150000 The guy stinks, okay? I, he was a high draft pick. What was he, top five draft pick for the New York Knicks, Islanders? Knicks Knicks overall, he, he, was, yeah. he, was, he was terrible. He was absolutely horrendous with the Islanders. And when Ranger fans got him, oh, we got, we, we got him. <laughs> I, he I actually did find his game with the Rangers. Yeah, he found his game all right. How many goals did That's he have? That's about it. How many goals did he have? He had 20 I don't, oh I don't want to I, – I have to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure in his span with the Rangers he had – Something like only five less points than Barzal had in that same time period. He is not anywhere close to the player Barzal. Well, well, I mean, I'm not saying he is. I'm saying no, no, I know, but right. I mean, a difference. Don't you can't even put their names together. The I, I would, I would throw up when I hear that name and Barzell's. I mean, it's, it's, well, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I love like, the, talk about Devils fans. By the way, someone no, we can. By the way, congratulations to them. They won the and and, and shout out to Ben Again. for posting this. Thirteenth in a row, fantastic! They're playing great They're doing hockey, phenomenal. Right now. Yeah, I'm They're glad for them because they they've been really lousy for the past couple of years. So I'm glad. And I'm glad. I, that's a team I called before the year. I said if they get goalie, they can uh, they can actually play because they were putting up five six goals in some games last year and losing. Mm. I actually said so that bad. I had a bet with one of my buddies. And he just thinks they're horrible, and he's eating cake right now. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the Devils aren't bad, but Devils fans are very. But they stay big. healthy. They need to stay healthy. Yeah, because they're Dougie Hamilton on, last year got injured, and that kind of ruined everything. But they're very big on cherry picking stats and throwing it back in people's faces. Mm. So that's uh, you know when I see the Barzal because he had zero goals you know until this weekend. So I saw people told post, you, Speedy, you know, by the way, Libor Hayek. Has I mean, eventually he was going to score. No, no, Speedy Barzell. told me you can bet any day Barzal get a goal, you'll probably win. Well, well, first of all, <laughs> for, first of all, just so everybody knows. If Barzell wanted to shoot the puck and score, he could. He, he, he really? Should. Yeah, absolutely. You, I'll show you a videotape where he missed the net. Oh, that's fine. That's on fine. a wide open yeah, net. He's he's listen. He, he's forcing. He's still averaging a point per game. He's still yeah on assists. Yeah, 
Yeah, but, but yeah, we're paying him nine million dollars to assist. Okay. I love that. And, and if awesome. he ends this season, if he has this season with ninety some odd points, and even if and eighty of them are assists, oh, who cares? Yeah. Who's, I'm convinced Mikey C and Kyle are, are hey, trying to get me, a fusion me, of Barzal and Strom together. Let me explain something. <laughs> let me explain something. I actually played hockey. I was a really good hockey player. I was a top prospect. Okay, and when I played the game, it didn't matter if I scored. It didn't matter if I had assist. I went on the ice and I made sure I was the best player on the ice. And that's what Barzell does every single game. You could say, oh, this guy has two goals and that guy has four assists. When you, at the end of the game and you watch the games and you, you understand the game of hockey, you know who the best player on that team is. It's not even a question. And every game, even if he doesn't score, an, uh, score a goal or he gets an assist, or doesn't even get an assist, he is the best player on the ice. When we went to the Rangers Islander game, you can ask the Beef, who was, he's a big Ranger fan, who's the best at the end of the game? He didn't score one goal. He had an assist in the game. I said, who was the best player on the ice? He says, you know who the best player on the ice was? It was Matthew Barzell. No. It's not even a question. It's Sorokin every time. No, Sorokin. What, that, every I don't, time. I'm not talking about the goaltending. I'm talking about the players. Best player on the ice. I'm talking about the, I, the, I'm talking about the offense, the defense. He's such an idiot. I can't stand him. You know, I'm sorry. Kai, you watch the game. And, 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 and the game is so very interesting. The game has changed. And when you watch European hockey and you're watching the KHL and you're watching all this stuff, you can watch it on TV now if you have a stick and all that other stuff. It, it's a different game now. I, these players are coming from Russia and Sweden and Finland. They're just – they have – uh, they just—they're more stick handling than they are a lot more trying. Skill. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to just trying to put the puck on the net and trying to deflect something like Anders Lee does, or even Dino Cicerelli when he played, and and Brett Hall and all those guys, uh, all the great does offensive Kyle players. Does even go far, that far back? To even he remember? He knows. Oh, of course. He's, yeah, he's a hockey fan. He's a hockey fan. Uh, so, do you like the game for what it is today? Be honest, because. I, honestly, I, I, I like the game of hockey in the 90s just as much as I like the basketball game in the 90s. It, it's definitely transitioned. Do you like the game, or do you think the game's transitioned into being a little bit more, I, I, I wouldn't use the word reckless, but boring? Um, First off, I listened to your last segment, and I'm 100% on your side. Mm. Basketball in the 90s is so much better. Mm. I, the, oh, I watched down. the USA soccer game today, mm. and it – I. The flopping is just like the NBA. The, the bitching and moaning to the referees is just They're like all the Actually, it's probably it's, worse than the NBA. It's <laughs> all the same thing. It's They're crazy. all LeBron, LeBron James ruined the league. I came and watch a Laker game because LeBron talks to the ref more than he talks to the teammate. It's insane. <laughs> I watched the Nick game earlier you know, earlier tonight, and Julius Randle, anytime he even goes up for a layup, he immediately turns around no matter what the, no matter what happens. Immediately turns around looks at the refs. <laughs> just to watch him miss a free throw. I'll, I'll always root for the Knicks. I hope. Eventually, in my lifetime, I see them win something. Maybe. But it's tough to no, watch. It's tough no. to watch. Rather no. watch St. John's than the Knicks right now. Anyway, don't, don't worry. Errol's um, gonna, according to our last guest, Errol's going to be reincarnated in 2060 as a 21-year-old. <laughs> Maybe the Knicks will win that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, I mean, the thing about today's game in the NHL is that it's obviously a more skilled guys. We're seeing guys, you know, five foot nine, five foot ten. that, you know, Marty St. Louis was kind of like the groundbreaker. Like Theo Fleury were – those two guys were like – you know, groundbreakers for the size. Now you see guys like Cole Caulfield, that's five, seven that can play in the NHL. So it's not as physical of a game anymore. It's a lot more skill. And I think for the NHL to build its brand that needs to have these kind of guys, you're not going to build your brand off of a a Ryan Reeves fight. As much as I want to see him drop the gloves every night and beat the crap out of someone. And it's awesome for a YouTube clip or whatever it is. People aren't really paying attention to that anymore. I would love it. I love the hits. I love. Well, I also feel because... concussions have, have yes. also 
that part of the ways of a lot of fighting, which is, you know, respectable. It's understandable. Yeah, and and I listen on my show. I've had so many different fighters in the '90s. I've had Ryan Vandenbush, who ended Nick Kiprios's career with a fight that he hit the guard ice on his face. <laughs> I, I had Nick Kiprios yeah. on the. I had Nick on the show, and we they both talked. It was so weird to talk to the two guys separately about the that, that incident because that was such a special incident. When people look at fighting, they go back to that fight, and that's always viewed. Mm-hmm. So when people always say, "Oh, do you think fighting belongs in hockey?" Yes. Fighting needs to be in hockey. That's how players. That's how they police themselves. Same as the way as you can hit someone with a pitch in baseball. You got to continue to police the game somewhat. You can't. You can't just get rid of everything in general. But for my kid, when he grows up, he wants to see Zegras go around the net and do the Michigan. Like that's yeah. the cool. Like that's a cool thing kids want to see. Now all these you know old hockey heads, they hate that. They hate that there's a you know like Tortorella said the other day that you know. I, all the new crap, you know, just dump and chase. You know, he still does dump and chase. That's why you love torts. But, you know, there it comes a point where you need to win. I think the Rangers had a very good mix of skill and physicality last year. I think you've seen it with Tampa where they have guys who can grind. They have guys like Maroon who can knock the crap out of you. They have guys like Steven Stamkos who shoots buck 100 miles an hour. You know, there's a very good balance on these teams, and I think the good teams have that kind of balance of skill and physicality because when it comes to playoffs – the, for whatever reason, the ice gets a little shorter, the boards get a little tighter, and everyone is, you know, a lot more physical. And if you have a team that just goes out there and tries to, you know, go east and west on you and not north and south, you're not going to win the playoffs. And I think that's something that the Rangers have now learned from when I was last on the show. They had a lot of, you know, these skill guys, and they got a lot tougher. The Islanders, are, I think, are a team that can muck it up as well. They got that great fourth line, which is built for the playoffs. Every time the playoffs – those guys, you know, Clutterbuck, uh, you know, Martin, those guys all come to play in the playoffs. All of a sudden you see their hit numbers go up from five to game to like eight to nine. You know, so it's crazy. But, yes, I would like to see a little more physicality in the play in the game. I hate that if Jacob Trouba lays someone out, he has to fight someone right afterwards because it's a big deal all of a sudden. Or, you know, that fan base now thinks he's a dirty player. because he Well, I think it depends on who he hits. Well, yeah, you know, he took out That Crosby plays a lot of part, and- right. It's on who but Scott you're... Stevens used to behead guys on the blue line every night. You know what I mean? And there was no, Different no one said boo about it in the 90s. You know what I mean? You know, the Rangers had Jeff Bookaboom, who used to literally two-hand stick guys in the mouth that they even looked at Mike Richter in the, in the crease. You know, those kind of guys, they don't exist really anymore. And if they ever did that now, they get thrown out of the league. So it's obviously changed. Like you said, the head injuries is something they're really looking at. George Paros in the league office now was a fighter, and I think that's something that he kind of really needs protects. to go. Yeah, but he really protects the like the players because he had head injuries because he was a fighter. So I think he's the main guy who's trying to clean it up. But yeah, I think for a team to be successful now, they have to play that old kind of '90s style, grind it out, playoff type hockey, but have the skill guys to do it. But yeah, I think um, you know there is some excitement in the game that is lost on that. Like you're not going to have, uh, you know, last before you know after I came on, it was the Caps Rangers whole fight thing and. They kind of started because skill guys were on the ice against the guy who was tougher than them. Mm. And it's just kind of what happened. But again, the Rangers police it themselves. They got, they did the whole fight and then it's a, a gone issue after that. But you know, I like the NBA is different. The NBA. I mean, there's no more Charles Oakley's like there's no more animals down low. That will just throw someone around. If they do that now, they'll get, you know, suspended for five games or banned from the garden. Like James or banned from, well, yeah, six <laughs> years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think, uh, yeah, so I think that's where the NHL is kind of going toward the skill game. Mm. And the NHL needs that because they need to start marketing these guys and these mm. younger players. You can't continue. You, they can't advertise off of Etchkin anymore, obviously. 
because the whole Russians thing. So that he's gone. Crosby's sort of, you know, he Crosby's getting up there in age, so they have to start turning to some of these young players and speaking, the young guys are all the guys that are Speaking of skilled. young players, we are talking to USA Hockey, Rangers writer and host of Broadway Hat Podcast, Kyle Hall, uh, the United States hockey team. And there is a hockey player that I've been watching, I've been, you know, hearing a lot about for US for USA, Luke Hughes, who was drafted mm-hmm. in 2021 by the New Jersey Devils in the first round. We all know about Jack. Quinn over there is in Vancouver. Uh, mm-hmm. Practically all three of these guys are going to be stars. Now two of them are in New Jersey. Uh, obviously, Quinn got that extension. Uh, after that extension. So did Jack. But I, I know. But I'm, I'm talking about Quinn. Uh, do you believe that obviously the both both these brothers, all of them were first round draft picks, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was there for Quinn and Jack. I was there for both those drafts. Uh, I talked to both of them. Uh, Quinn's a lot smaller than he is, in, you know. On you know, when you watch him play hockey, you watch him without skates. He, he's not a that. He's not that tall of a guy, but fantastic talent. Kind of like Fox. Yes. Uh, do yeah. you do you think that when his contract is up in Vancouver, you think that maybe he scoots over there to New Jersey to play with his two brothers? I don't know. I, I tell you what. How crazy is that though? That, mm-hmm. that all four. There's. I mean, all three. And there's a younger one too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there is. And he's yeah, the best. That's one. also good. And that's saying he's the best one out of all of them. Yeah, that's also good. So, mm-hmm. and he's and all three of them train together with a bunch of NHL guys in the off season, and the youngest one I think is also training with them too. So, like, think about that. Like, it's always the, the youngest brother. Like, I always joke around. My youngest brother, three. Like, you know, my my old football coach used to talk about like, you know, he's. The toughest one on the team because he got beat up, you know, for his entire life. And imagine that kid has been beat up his entire life with sticks by older brothers who are top five picks in the NHL. Like how good he's gonna be? Hmm. But uh, yeah, Quinn. I mean, I had Doug Litzer on my show who played for the '94 Rangers, was a Doug, legend yeah. with the Canucks. He had the record for the most points in uh, Canucks history as a defenseman for the. And he told me right there, and it was Hughes was a young player. He goes, "This kid's gonna break all my records, guaranteed. He's a stud." Mm-hmm. I just think he's going to get lost in Vancouver. No one covered, you know, no one back east covers Vancouver. So I think if he wants to build his brand, he's going to see his brothers in New Jersey. They're going to be playing the metropolitan area, get the limelight here. Especially the Devils keep on going, they're going. This team's going to be very, very good for years to come. I think it would be a no brainer for him to try to come east. I think look so. At Johnny too. Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau wanted to come east because of his family, quote yep. unquote, but no one covers really Calgary. You know, the, you know, obviously they care about them up there in Western Canada, but. You know, he wanted to come play where people can see him play. Mm. And I first, I loved the Islanders fan booing him the other night. That was hilarious. Every time I touched the puck. And then he, after the game, he's like, Lou didn't even call me. I don't even know why they're, why they're booing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, if he ended up in New Jersey, how good would they be now? I mean, they'd be better of a team. But he was never going to the Islanders, even if the Islanders called him. Stop. He it. wanted to go to Philly. He yeah. wanted to go to Philly. He Philly didn't want to be an Islander. Stop it. Nobody said they were smart. Johnny Johnny Goudreau <laughs> never wanted to be an Islander. That's why Lou never called him. It, it's ridiculous. And 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 everybody was taking shots all over social media about Lou. He he's lost himself. He's old. He's this. He's that. He doesn't know what he's doing. And wh- where are we at right now? No, nobody's saying anything right now when they're in second place, tied in second place in the Eastern Conference. I know it's early, but this team is a lot better than anybody thought. They got a great goalie. They have a great defense, and they now they have they have four really good lines. Got every single line is scoring and doing the things that they need to do to keep into the game. I think they're missing one offensive talent. If they can, if Lou can find, and we've seen Lou do this. At the at the trade deadline, he finds the guy that he feels fits the best with this team. He hasn't found a sniper. That is the mistake. It really, if he finds that guy, 
the Islanders win the Stanley Cup, hands down. If they get a sniper in here, a guy that could score 35, 40 goals, and you put him with Barzell, the Islanders win the Stanley Cup. I don't, I don't think anybody is going to beat them. But if they don't have that, I still think the Islanders could go to the Eastern Conference Finals. They could, I, I listen to all these people, all these Boston fans. Boston's playing great hockey, okay? Nobody's They're taking good. it away. They're really good. They're really fantastic. They're beatable. They're beatable. Every single game, okay? I've watched five of their games this year. And, and, and besides one of them where they demolished, I think they won 5-1, to one, all the games were 3-2, 4-3, 2-1, uh, okay? These teams were in the game, okay? So, and, and, and by the way, if you look at their schedule and what Boston's played in the first, what, first month of hockey, it, it's, not, it, it's not a hard schedule. So yeah, but also the first month of hockey, I have they had to say, a lot of injuries. I I understand that, but the schedule wasn't that hard. So to sit here and say, "Oh my God, they're awesome!" What the Devils are doing—that's special. What the Devils are doing because they're beating good teams. They're not just beating okay teams. They're beating top end teams and they're beating them badly. They're kicking their asses. So that's why I, I I'm, and I'm not taking shots at the Boston Bruins. I think they're a good team, and what they they're probably going to be the number one seed. Who cares? Because when it comes down to the playoffs and when it comes to the nitty and the gritty, that team is going to have to go up against those teams like the Islanders, who Jeff says blows. But but I, I remember hmm, the last time the Islanders played uh, the Boston Bruins in the playoffs, what happened? What happened, Jeff? Okay, so I don't want to hear it. Oh, it's not the same team. It's not the same coach. Get, get the, go fly a kite, Jeff. Go bother somebody else. But anyways, we are talking to USA Hockey Rangers writer, host of Broadway Hat Podcast, Kyle Hall. Kyle, do you when you look at United States hockey, do you think that it's really transitioning? Do you think United States hockey is amongst uh, the, the the top of the world, like with the Finlands, the Russians, and the Canadians? Yeah, they're the number two program right now in the world. It, it's Canada and the U.S. Um, Russia, I think you look at the younger talent, it's not as good as what the U.S. is putting out there right now. It's going to be really tough – Next couple of years, I've talked to a ton of draft people about this to evaluate the Russian talent because they're not they're banned from all these world tournaments now. So coming into this draft class, a lot of the Russian top Russian players dropped because they didn't get to see these kids really. One with COVID, there was all these restrictions, and two now they're banned from these tournaments. So when they did see them, they were seeing them on a limited basis. So it's kind of like okay, we knew what they were at fifteen, sixteen. How do they develop at seventeen, eighteen? No one really knows. So it could be good for teams like the Islanders Rangers who have had success finding players from Russia, like Sorokin and Shesterkin late in fourth round picks and turn into really good players. So that can help teams further on. But I looked at the USA right now, young talent, you know, Zegers right now, it's unbelievable. He's playing great mm-hmm. uh, out in Anaheim. Troy Terry's another player out in Anaheim, yeah. young player scored 40 goals last year. Unbelievable young talent. Tage Thompson's the underrated guy up in, uh, in Buffalo. He's six foot seven monster rifle, hundred mile off slap shot. Ridiculous. I covered him the World Cup two years ago. When I saw him out there, I was like, this guy looks pretty good. And every guy I talked to the team said he's going to be a stud. And he had like 17 points that year, like 50-something games. I'm like, this is the guy everyone's talking about? Had eight points in eight games in the tournament, whatever it was. Since then, he's been a point-per-game player the last two years. Um, I mean, even the younger players like Caulfield's really cool. Caulfield's been playing really well. And then you have Jack Eichel, who's now finally healthy. You know, hopefully he's going to finally get a chance to play for Team USA. It feels like every time he's having a he has good an opportunity year. to play, he's hurt or anything. He's playing great. Jason Robertson down in Dallas is an underrated guy who's one of the now one of the best top goal scorers in the NHL now. You know, all, um, Matthews, another young guy. The U.S. is stacked with talent from like that twenty-eight to twenty range. 
Adam Fox now, as you can say, is up there as one of the best defensemen in the world. That's something the U.S. has needed since Brian Leach has retired. They haven't had that top-end defensive player back there, really. Oh, you forget you know, about Chris Chelios. I mean, it was good defense. Yeah, well, that's Brian Leach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying since then. They've had John Carlson's been their top defender with Seth Jones for the last couple mm-hmm. Olympics. and stuff. Yeah. Well, the last couple Olympics, they haven't even played in the Olympics because they've had all the uh, stupid stuff going on with the COVID and yep. everything before that, but... Uh, you know, unfortunately, we got robbed of a 2024 World uh, Hockey World Cup. Mm-hmm. It's being pushed back to 2025. Um, so you guys see players probably like Patrick Kane get aged out of that now. Um, mm. You know, I, I can't see him come back in three years. I, who knows? Maybe he's still grinding out. But I think, you know, Joe Pavelski, like those kind of like old guard Pavelski's guys. gone. I think there. Kane will be a part. He'll be the captain of the United States team. I, I still think Kane has the game. To be to be there, I he's fantastic. Yeah, well, Sam, he's only thirty three now. Pavelski, yeah. I think, is thirty seven. So yeah, who knows? Pavelski, they, they might, he might yeah. get aged up. But yeah. you know, like guys like Charlie McAvoy with the Bruins, like fantastic. He's a, he's a stud. There fantastic kid. I I know the kid. I know his family out in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic, fantastic kid. He really is. And so is the Fox family. I met his father. I met his mother. Very, really nice people. They they. It, and and when you meet when you meet Adam Fox, he's not that tall. It's crazy. Five foot nine. He's a really small guy, but fantastic ability, good stick handling skills, could shoot the puck. Uh, I mean, and he sees the ice so very well for a defenseman. So, I yes, United States hockey is there. I I, I really and your believe, Hughes guys yeah. you're talking about. Oh yeah, Hughes brothers. Oh and yeah. Then- all, all and three the of Kachuk them. brothers. You, yeah. know, you can have a whole line of just I, Hughes and Kachucks. I can't stand the Kachuk brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I love them. I can't That's a good st- thing, though. Kyle, you triggered them. something here. I can't stand him. <laughs> I, I was, them. I was, I, I was never more? a fan of his dad, but I love him. I was at Braden, uh, Brady's, uh, Brady's uh, draft, and um, I, I, I met Matthew. Uh, I met Matt. I met you know a Keith, and I met him, and they just. They walk around like they're – I'm not going to say it you know, on, on live radio because I don't want to throw myself under the bus, but they're, they're, they're asses, okay? That's what they are. And their mother's sweet. They're, I think they have a sister. I think it was their sister or cousin. Very nice people, like very nice. But when, when it comes to the men in that family, they just walk around like they have – like they're better than you are. And it just I, – I, I, I never liked Keith. And then I met him at the Stanley Cup Finals when I was on the ice when Boston lost for and St. He was part of the St. Louis organization. Brett Hall was there, Chris Pronger was there, and he was there. And and I remember Ashley went up to him and he told Ashley, Ashley walked up to him and said, "Keith, could I could I interview?" He's like, "What kind of questions you gonna ask me?" I'm like, "It's a." I felt like saying, "It's a damn interview. Who cares what he asks you? He's just asking you a couple of questions, Keith. What are you gonna cry about it? It's just he he's just an idiot. He comes off being an ass." I don't like him, and I don't like the two brothers. I, 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 Matthew, you, you can see he's an instigator. They're talented. There's no question. They're very, very talented kids. I just, I don't like them. I, I don't like them. I want to see them get That's their fair, asses fair. beat. I That's want to see fair. them get they're their good asses hockey beat. Player. I've never met them. They're good hockey players. Uh, I met both of them, and 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 both of them are not. You know, I, the way they're built, I mean, Brady is like, um, he's he's taller. Matthew's Matthew is more stockier. You know what I'm saying? It's like you he's like a he's like a bully. He's like a bull. You know what I mean? And the other one's like he's he's scrawny but tall, but he, he has big legs. So I, I just don't I don't like him. I, I understand they're talented. You sit here today and you, you say, Well who I who would I want on my team? I wouldn't take any of those guys on my team because they're me players. 
They're not a team player. None of those guys are team players. Matthews, why did Matthew, why did Matthew Kachuk leave Calgary? Because he he thought he was better than the team. He wanted to go somewhere where he was the guy. Okay, and, and then he and then Johnny Goudreau's gone. He's playing for what uh, the Blue Jackets. And mm-hmm. Johnny Goudreau's gone. He had a chance to be the guy, and he wanted to be out of there. And and Brady's going to do the same thing to the Ottawa Senators. You I watch. don't think so. A hundred percent. Mark my words. Brady will leave the Ottawa Senators. You watch. No, because this they're supposedly supposed to be good. They have all these young players, and no, they just need a little bit of goaltending. Their goaltender's not really ready yet. If this doesn't transition right, Brady's going to want out of there just as fast as Eric Carlson wanted out of there. I guarantee <laughs> he wants back in now. I, I, yeah, because he, he, he stinks over there in San Jose. He's having a, he's, this he's is his best year. In a reunion. This is his best year as a San Jose Shark after how long? Six, seven years. Guy can't stay I remember, healthy. I remember, too, at the time I wanted the Rangers to trade for him before they signed Panarin and all those guys that offseason because I thought they needed Carlson more. Or <laughs> is I wrong on that? It just, it just yeah, bothers me. That. It just bothers me. I, I just I can't see the – I love hockey. I love the game of hockey. And, and these two guys, they, they watch it religiously. I stopped after I hurt my knee. I stopped watching hockey for like seven, eight years because it, what, it, what the game did to me it tore, tore me apart. You know, when I was told I have to be a walk-on here and walk-on there, I was like, get the hell out of here. Sure. 16 years of hard work and dedication. You're going to tell me I have to be a walk-on after I hurt my knee? Get the hell out of here. So, But these guys, they, they, they watch it religiously. I watch the games too, but what bothers me about the game is just the, the torture of these, these prima donna players. And there are a lot of prima donna players. And Sidney Crosby, just like LeBron James brought it in basketball, Sidney Crosby brought it to the game of hockey now. And, and, and it's it's transitioned the game. I don't know for the better, but you're right. United States hockey is right there with all the greatest, the, the great uh, countries in the world. And, and you're seeing that right now, and I'm, I'm very excited to see United States hockey move forward. John Van Biesburg told me, uh, the, uh, what was it, three years ago in Dallas? He told me that United States hockey is going to hit. They, he, believe, he believed that in five, six years that United States hockey will be ranked number one in the world. That's what he's, he's running the whole program now. Yeah, he's in charge. Of the whole I program know. Now, so. I know. Yeah, I told him I wanted I mean, I, a job. <laughs> <laughs> I when told I, him when I was talking to uh, Jake Ottinger was the goalie of the World Championship yeah. team, and he was kind of an unknown, not unknown, but he was a younger guy then before he was start starter in Dallas. And again, seeing with Tage Thompson, every guy on the team was like, "This kid's legit." Like, mm. watch this kid. And sure enough, he set the world on fire last year. Showed everyone in the playoffs how good he is. And that he's going to be their goalie for years to come yep. for Team USA. Yeah. So yep, you're it, stacked there. He, that's what he said, too. He said Shields and all these guys that are coming up. He said, you you have no idea what United States hockey is going to be. And he, he may, mentioned up at that point, Jack Hughes wasn't drafted that year. It was the year after. And he told me, Jack's a great player, but he's not even the best player I'm looking forward to seeing. That's what he was telling wow. me. He said. And that's, that's where he said United States hockey is transitioning. He says, this is the best. And he's not just saying this. He said, this program is the best program in the world. And Canadian hockey, it's great. It's, it's amongst the best. But he says the, the young United States hockey players that are developing here, especially on the East Coast, is beyond uh, what you would believe that it would have became, you know, 10 years ago. So uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, United States hockey is there. And I, I'm, I'm excited because, you know, Mark Messier for years was trying to bring – those rinks in Brooklyn. Remember, remember when he was trying mm-hmm. to bring like twelve rinks, and they were going to have the Olympics over here, and all this other craziness. It didn't pass through, maybe because of COVID and all that other stuff. He's. I heard that he's starting to bring. It, he's trying to bring it back again. He's trying to. He's trying. He's to doing do the the hockey in Harlem again. Yep. Which yes, yeah, so they mm-hmm. they got the rink there now. Yep. 
yep. um, which is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know he's been, you know, he's been a big advocate. Adam Graves has been 100%. very big in that. Yep. A lot of the old Rangers have been big on that, which is great. Even and the old even Islanders. Long Island. Mm-hmm. Look at Long Island. They have the brand new, beautiful arena they or UBS, the, uh, practice yep. right they built out there. Yep. So uh, the, um, the, the UBS and the one in uh, where is that, uh, Mike? It's right by you. The Islanders practice rank. Where is that? Uh, the Islanders practice rank is in Syosset. Syosset. Yeah, Syosset. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yes. it's awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful, I heard. It's a beautiful arena. It's a beautiful arena. And you look stadium. at the NHL now. There's more and more kids from Long Island than ever before. 100%. I mean, yeah. And for the Rangers, you know, they got, you know, Ryan Carpenter, a kid from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. You know, like you never, you never hear a kid from Staten Island make the NHL. So. In the last uh, seven years in the draft, there was, I think, 15 Long Islanders drafted. There you go. So it, it's – and I was at a draft that – in the first three rounds, there were five Long Islanders drafted, and two of them were drafted in, in the first two rounds. So it, it, it just tells you what United States hockey is becoming over here, and it's big. It, it's really, really big, the development of these kids. And like Van Biesburg had told me in Dallas, he says, the game is transitioning, and the United States will be number one. At the time, I think it was when, – when, Dal- when, when was the draft in Dallas? It was 2019? I think 2018. 2018. 2018. He yeah. told me in five years, United States. That hockey, was Nick's uh, graduation. I couldn't make it there. So 19. So that was you have 18, 19, 20, 21. He said five years, United States hockey would be number one. It's two right now. We're going on to the fifth year in 2023. He's not lying. He's not lying. No. So he's it's it's fantastic. It's great to see, and it's great to see you, man. You look great. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Absolutely, we'll get I you. I have on again. one question God. for you, Kyle. Yeah, you go to the garden a lot, right? I'm, I'm, I, I I'm do. assuming. I do. Yes. All right. You gotta help me understand this. Why do they keep chanting "pot fans cups"? <laughs> I don't get. Like, it doesn't make sense that's, to me. That's the joke we're making now. You see that he's selling socks, yeah. pot fans socks. Oh, Arrow, let he, me do about he had that. A, the best is the best was he actually had an ad run on Rangers. I MSG. saw that. Yeah. During the Islander Ranger game, they mm-hmm. actually ran an ad saying, "Right, yeah, you've been chanting, you've been chanting it for so many years. I want to finally make it official. Pot Van socks are now available," which I thought was hilarious. Good on him. Good for, marketing. You know, I'll say for that. talking about it. Great, he was and, there. It was fantastic. He was fun. And I had uh, Glenn Healy on my show, and I asked him. I said, "Do you ever ask him like how he feels about that?" And he said, "He's like, listen, I know my place, and that's something you do not ask that guy. So <laughs> obviously, it's something he did not enjoy during his playing career, but." Uh, now I think he can look back and smile, and, and not for anything. He's making money off of it. He doesn't. Yeah, care. not for anything. You go to a Ranger game and you hear it. Like maybe ten percent of that crowd knows where that originated from. Do you know right. what I mean? Like it's a kind of like a thing now, where I I think Ranger fans are, you know, obviously growing up, like I you know I learned it and like I didn't know what it was until my dad told me what it was. You know, nineties, <laughs> you know, in the nineties. So you know, I wasn't there for the actual incident, and uh, so it was I actually learned. Actually, eighties. It was eighties. It was in the 80s, yeah. It was 89. On, uh, it I think was it was 89 Erickson, or 88. Right? It was what you took out. Like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's something that is obviously will probably live on forever in the garden, but it comes to a point where it's like, you know, uh, your dad's, you know, generation knew that. You know, you got these 18-year-old kids starting the pot fan sucks chant in the garden. It's just <laughs> not right to me. But um, you know, it's the same chant as, you know, the Islanders and the Devils got uh, stupid. No, the Islanders chant. don't say a chant. Yeah, they do. What the Islanders have the whole Ranger chant. What are you talking about? What chant? Yeah, they have a Rangers suck chant too. 
I mean, they, I mean, they just do that on every team, but I don't think it's a chant. It's not like somebody whistling that four times to get the whole crowd going. My buddy who works for ESPN went to the game uh, against the Oilers the other night. And he goes, like, I go to a lot of Islander games. That's what I'm He's saying. Like, I'm like, you know, you I don't hear no. I mean, it's a stupid chicken thing, and it always, if you, but it's not really a chant. It just pop. It well, just that, it just happens the, when either that chicken Islander, dance man. song comes on or whatever. Like, I mean, no. And I've been to a Devils game, and actually just recently. And it's almost the same thing. The Devils whistle, and then they say Rangers suck. And then when the Rangers whistle at the Garden, they sit there and say Pot Fans Cups. So I get that too. But the Islanders don't have a chant. Like, nobody whistles and goes, the Rangers, it's that stupid chicken dance song that pops up. Whatever it is. They, there's the Rangers sucks chant that echoes through that building multiple times a game. I, I, I think it's the Islanders just being more professional and everything. Oh, stop. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with it. I just think the Islanders... Fans just don't give a crap, honestly. Yeah, the, the Islanders were maybe more professional during <laughs> Lou's nap. I, I think, honestly, I just wanted... And who's the better goalie, Soro King or Shichersky? Oh, you know what he's going to oh, go. You know yeah, what he's I mean, go. Igor, is, he just had the best season you, of any you, goaltender in years. You, know, year. you knew he was going to go that way. But having said that, it's, gonna, it's setting up for a decade long of this goal. You know their best friend, rivalry. right? You know, yeah, I know. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. It, I mean, it's good for hockey. Go it look is, at, go Ranger fans. Go look Ranger at Sorokin's... Go look at Sorokin's record in the KHL against. Oh, he he he, out, he right he outplayed him mm-hmm. in every. Mm-hmm. But you could look at for Ranger and Islander fans. I would rather the Islanders be good. Yeah, like you know, I in the nineties I didn't care about the Islanders. I when I grew up as a Ranger fan, I hated the Devils more than the Islanders because the Islanders were just afterthoughts. Yep. You know they had their fisherman stick logos and their you know Ziggy Palfy was the stud. It's a different know, team. They, no one cared it's about them team. then. Now the Islanders are good. I think it's great. It's good for the rivalry. The devil's being good is good for the rivalry. Correct. Good for hockey in the yes. tri-state area. 100%. And we really appreciate you, bud. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, be good, guys. Happy holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Happy too. Thanksgiving, my friend. Kyle Hall, fantastic guy. He really is. I'm happy that he's, his wife's having yeah. a kid. He's he's doing well. Good for him. And he's doing – his Rangers are doing – they're not that bad. They're what, third, fourth place and they're what? Still two, early into the yeah, season. Yeah. They'll be blind. there by the yeah, end. Yeah, we, we, we all know. And uh, they're too talented of a team. And we, United States hockey is where it needs to be, and that's that, that's what I want to know. I mean, I want to know where USA hockey is. It's in great. It's in a great position. So, Grant, really fantastic interview. He, he really is good. He gives us really good knowledge of hockey. So, uh, I want to get back into football because we we didn't really get into the Giants. You want to go to a break? Yeah, I need a drink. All right. Oh, so why don't go we to go a quick to... break and get um the Westchester dude up? Oh, you want to get Kenny in? Yeah, right. Kenny is on the phone waiting patiently. All yeah. right. I can just imagine. When did, we come did, back. did he ever bring that turkey dinner? No, not yet. No. Puts. Five years overdue. He, gave me, he did give me a, you know, he finally gave me a painting. I could show you that. Yeah. It's pretty, it's oh not bad. God. It's not bad. Kenny, it's I feel bad. bad. You're uh, going to get tortured. I'm just telling you that right now. When we come back. I'm you in advance. When we come back, we'll get it tomorrow. Snug, you're listening. Football. Call up, you little West Coast. Oh, please. Baby. <laughs> When we come back, we'll get into all the football uh, of the week. Uh, Jeff, you can call up too. Don't worry about I it. I don't want to hear him. Sorry. I don't want to hear him. Um, we'll get into the Giants. We'll get into the Yankees. We'll get into Odell Beckham. Where does he go? Cowboys, Giants. Who knows? Uh, and we'll recap He might break another leg. Here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. 
You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Obviously, I'm Errol. Speedy and Mikey C's back in the studio. Merry Christmas, Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's the holidays, as always. It's, I think, about 30 degrees outside tonight. It's been very, very cold, and it's going up to 50 on Wednesday. It's crazy, the weather back and forth. I, I hate this. I hate when this is why I get sick. I can't stand this weather. I really can't, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I want to thank, uh, obviously, uh, the athletic NBA staff writer and author of Spaced Out, Mike Prada, for joining us, and obviously Kyle Hall uh, from uh, USA Hockey, Rangers writer and host of Broadway Hat Podcast. They're fantastic, fantastic guests. As always, we really appreciate them joining us and getting into you know their respectable sports. Now... This guy has been trying to call up all night. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Kenny from White Plains. Kenny, what's up, man? What's up? You didn't even return my message the other day. Listen, Kenny, I am a busy man. My aunt died, okay? I've been I've been dealing with family stuff. You think I I have time to answer a message? I I saw it. I know you want me to uh, you know, talk to you because you're what's his name against agent. Fantastic. When I get a chance to speak to you about it, we'll we'll talk. Why are you calling? All right. Uh, well, I wanted to ask one of you guys something. What? You guys wanted to do a countdown show with me on AMP. Well, uh, do you want us to do a show with you on AMP? Yeah. All right. Well, pick a day and we'll join you on your show. Okay. What's AMP? Because I'm thinking of, like, that energy drink. That's his show. Oh, Amp? Mm-hmm. Amped up? I guess so. No, it's an iPhone-only app. Hmm. Oh, it's okay. Interesting. Kenny, are, are I'm you... still waiting for the turkey dinner you promised, like, a long time ago. Yeah, that's... that's Five really years overdue, Obviously, Kenny. you've never delivered. We made a new bet. Oh, what's the new bet? No, that doesn't, that doesn't rescind the, the turkey Jets dinner. The a better record than the Jets. They do by one game. Okay, right now. Oh, my God. Right now, but that's not what I'm talking about here. We're, we're, we're speaking. We're talking about a five-year overdue turkey dinner. Okay? You, you do owe us a turkey dinner, you know, and I know your father was going to take you up over here. I mean, at least chase some geese and, you know, catch them and, and bring some geese to us. Uh, I don't think there's a geese shooting season. When's the geese shooting season? I don't so, know if there is. All right, I'm going to change the subject real quick. Kenny, you're a big Giant fan, oh. so how do you think the team is playing? Mm. They're doing pretty well. Very well. What do you think they're going to do on Thanksgiving? <laughs> Lose? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. You know? We'll see. Uh, do you want me to tell you what's going to happen on Thanksgiving? Because I can give you the answers to it. I, I think that. You've, I got a better question. About this before. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. What's Elaborate. You talked about it before. Elaborate. So what's going to happen on Thanksgiving? Oh my God! <clears throat> what do you think the future holds for Daniel Jones in this in this team on the Giants? I gotta hear. I you think take. his future looks good. Yeah. What do you think? Sucks. <laughs> well, I knew Mike was gonna say Daniel Jones sucks, but whatever. It wasn't Daniel Jones's fault why they lost this week. By the way, it was it was the putrid defense uh, in the second yeah. half of the game. I, I mean, the Giants couldn't stop anything. 
I mean, he's going to get a three-year contract. He deserves it. He deserves it. And but they're going to draft the future quarterback. I think they're definitely drafting a quarterback, but they're not because obviously with a three-year contract, whatever he does next year, obviously with more weapons. Speedy, you know who they're going to draft, right? Oh, who are they going to draft? You know who I'm going to say. You know, oh, you're you're, you're a mortal enemy. Yes. Wait, I'm curious to hear this. (laughs) Oh God! By the way, he played well on Saturday. You you have to admit that. Who are they going to draft? Errol's mortal enemy, Spencer Rattler. That's why I think the Giants are going to (laughs) draft. The Giants are going to draft him in the second round. You watch. Mark my words. The Giants will draft him. I heard that. I heard the Giants like the kid out of Florida State because they kind of reminds the the body type. And the arm strength of Josh Allen. I've heard, I've heard it all, but I, I spent. I haven't heard Rattler. Rattler's a, a no, guy that's. I, I want Levi, but he's going to be gone by the second pack. Yeah, Levi is going to be yeah. is going to be the second pack. Yeah. He probably will, or he'll be the fourth of right. the fourth. He's, he's going to go big either way. Yeah. I think he's going to because Stroud and and Hall and Young are going. We probably they could go one and two. I mean, both of them are really good. I think Stroud's going one. I think Levi's going two. I I think Young goes two. I think Young still goes too. I think he's very talented. I think Young, Young goes. To, I think it's Strout, Young. Then the third pick is it right now. I think they'll, uh, Anderson will get get drafted in the, as a third pick because he's a fantastic defensive player. And then I think, uh, then I think uh, what's his name again? Levis, Levis will be yeah. drafted from Nebraska. At number number four. Uh, yeah, 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 Jeff. Yeah, Jeff does specify it's Florida. Anthony Richardson you're talking about from Florida, not Florida State. I thought it was Florida State. Yeah, no, it's Florida. Anthony Richardson. Because <clears throat> so, I heard that uh, he has the same makeup, body style, and everything of Josh Allen, obviously, to Joe Shane and you can't, Gable. You can't always mimic a player. I'm not saying mimic. Just it's saying, just because it's like the same, Josh Allen came into the league raw. Yeah. He had... The took height, the arm strength, took right. three years. And his only knock was he wasn't going to be accurate enough, and obviously that's worked out. Uh, I had a question for Jeff. Mm, oh. <laughs> Jeff's not on. <laughs> He's not on. Hello, where are you? <laughs> what, do you what do you want to know? Okay, uh, did, did you, uh, do you I'll want to do a countdown show? I'll pretend I'm what? Jeff. What was the question? Jeff, would you like to be on a countdown show? Oh, I, w- I would love to see Jeff on your show. I would love to see that. I mean, that would be hysterical. That would be interesting. You and Jeff on a show? Oh, my God. Oh. I mean, he's got all the that's knowledge. A hit by that I like to talk football. No, he's got knowledge all right. If it has something to do with Boston teams, he's got all the knowledge in the world. That's about it. I'm just kidding. He knows college Xavier football. Collins. He, knows, he knows college football. He says he would love it. Jeff, would, you got an iPhone? He would love it. Yeah. You'll, I, you, could, you could text him on here. I'm sure he'll give you his number. He'll... You could give him your number. He'll reach out to you. He'll he'll join you on your show. I absolutely right. believe that. That would be interesting. You and Jeff on a show. I mean, <laughs> I'd be pretty scared listening to you two guys talk about sports. But do you uh, have Twitter? Anything's better than anything's yeah. better than Stunk's combination Twitter? of trying Twitter, to put Kenny yeah. and Lyle. You can find show. Jeff on Twitter. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, uh, I'll put my you, Twitter you could, handle right, in you the could chat. Be, yeah. right. you could be one of it. All you have to do is go to. I mean, do you follow Worldwide Sports Radio on Twitter? Yes, he does. You'll find Jeff. I follow. Uh, I don't need to know your cat. whole five people that you follow. Just no, actually, no, actually, Kenny does have a lot of followers. He, lot of followers. he, he actually, yeah. he actually proved us wrong the last time he called. He does. He has a lot of followers. <laughs> I'm very surprised. Kenny's got. Kenny's yeah, got. What, what was the number? One thousand twenty-three, or what? What was it? Good for you. It's over one thousand one hundred now. But yeah. one look at him! Look at you! He's the king of Twitter right now. I mean. It's <laughs> 
I mean, Elon Musk is ruining Twitter, but uh, I, I, it's so funny. I just, was just tweet something about the Giants. That I Mikey was, C will just respond to you and say why you're wrong. I was in the gym. I was in the gym today, and and I was talking to a finance guy, and he says that. Elon Musk is ruining Twitter. I said, how is he ruining Twitter? He says, everybody's leaving Twitter. I said, He just Good. bought Twitter. Good. I don't think he ruined it yet. They're saying that he's ruining it because people are leaving, and, and Twitter is... I'm not leaving. You're not, but other people are. <laughs> what do you think? You're everybody? Yes, you're the only person on Twitter. You're, you're basically no, I am legend I, I, of Twitter. I mean, it's the only platform I, I really that, like I to interact with. I don't know anybody that left yet. I don't know why anybody has Instagram, because you post up pictures. It's boring. It's ridiculous. Twitter's the only thing that you can interact with people, and you don't have to show pictures or answer to pictures. You just answer to yeah. the question. That's a, that's that's really why I like Twitter. Is it's just communicative. You, they don't even have to know who you are. Oh, I, I'm glad that some people have unfollowed me. I'm glad some people have blocked me. Mm. It's been a lot easier <laughs> on my timeline. I'll tell you that. I'm glad people blocked me too. Some people. Yeah. Sure. Just don't say anything. Just don't say anything too positive about the Giants, because Mike might block you otherwise. All right. No, I don't block anybody. <laughs> I love the no, Giants. No, no, no. I don't. I don't. You'll fire back. Just, yeah, I'll fire back. Okay. I, I stick to my opinions because ninety percent of the time I'm usually right, so it doesn't really matter. All right, Kenny. Here's the deal: if if the Jets have a better record than the Giants, you got to take a, a real goose or a geese, and you got to stick it between your butt cheeks. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Well, if the Giants have a better record than the Jets, then what? Um, then you can pick something I might have to do. <laughs> I don't know, but it's going to come down to the wire. One of their rookies or something. What do you what? want me to do? do Maybe I'll get Eli Manning in like I was supposed to back then, but you never delivered on your bet. <laughs> so, I, so I never brought you Eli Manning. You know, it's so funny. Kenny came on the show about a year ago and he was talking about Eli Manning and I was... I was like, Eli Manning's been retired for two years. And he's like, oh, right. I met Daniel Jones. <laughs> right before the 2020 draft. I remember that. I couldn't stop laughing. A year removed after Eli Manning. Uh, Eli Manning played two games that year. They I couldn't the stop games, the laughing. Last game I couldn't stop. I was like, Kenny, you know Eli Manning retired. Oh, right. <laughs> Stuck says, hmm, what if Kenny just brings out a goose in studio for a live interview? That would be interesting. I would love to see that. Kenny, you would you Kenny, bring, would you interview a goose? I think that'd be cool. I, I think Kenny with a goose sitting right, right next to him. What do you Jeff, think? I just put my thing out there. There you go. You put your thing out there. Yeah, yeah, put it's illegal. The handle. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, we we found out that Kenny actually smokes wax. He loves the wax. Yeah, good for loves you. It. He loves it, right, Ken? What? You love the wax, right, Ken? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite wax? What 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 is like? Is there a, a specific wax that you like to smoke? Yeah, earwax. I <laughs> mostly do the oil. But... Does oil come out of your earwax, Kenny? No. Mm. How do you know when you're when you're when you're too high to know? Do you do you, do you have to investigate that? I got to hang out with Kenny. I think he's he, I think he's cool. You know? Could you imagine me sitting there with Kenny and he's talking to me? Kenny seems like Kenny. Are you tall? You see, you sound he's like tall, you're probably very tall. tall. Yeah, he's very tall. We, we actually had him on video I'm once tall. too. And we, yeah, how we, tall we, we couldn't believe how tall he was. I don't know. Like I, I, just, I have like a like um six four. I think he is six four. Yeah, he's tall. He's really tall. I got like a Herman Munster picture for some apparent reason. <laughs> I can say it's snug the cat falls me. So Jeff, if you fall snug the cat, that's good. 
What? What? Uh, Following a cat? <laughs> That's your handle? <laughs> no, I'm saying that Kenny's biggest, a person biggest in fan. chat, Snug the Cat, follows me. Snug the oh, cat Snug. That's, uh, that's Kenny's yeah. biggest fan. Oh, yeah. Snug yeah. loves him. Snug loves him. They're like, they're like brothers from another mother. Could you imagine those two guys hanging out? You have, you have Jeff, Snug, and Kenny sitting on the same sofa. The sofa right now, just chilling, drinking beers, smoking wax, and just relaxing. And eating cupcakes like uh, you know Snug likes to do. Could you imagine those? those Snug those still has that like long ass beard. Oh, he does. He does. Really? I'm, I'm sure he he he's like a P as a PhD. I think I'm going to send them a Harry's shaven. I think you should. Right, Snug, I, who do the Jets play next week? We have to Nobody really Chicago. cares about the Jets. Snug, we have Chicago. to bring on you on video. We have to see this beard now. <laughs> Chicago, but yeah, Chicago. but they play Chicago. Yeah. Didn't you hear the whole conversation when you were on hold? Yeah. That who's a better quarterback, Fields or Wilson? No, he was only on hold during the interview. Yeah. Who do the Jets play next week? The Bears. The Bears. The Lions. The Bears. Yes. They play the Bears, and then they play the Minnesota. Minnesota. Hey, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. They played the that Bengals. That might be an easy game to win, but Minnesota next week? Maybe yeah, not. Minnesota at Minnesota could be hard. I, I, yeah. I, I, They're going to beat Minnesota I because Minnesota they, doesn't Minnesota have – I think they beat Minnesota. They don't have the an Bears. offensive line. I think they could beat both uh, those teams. Honestly, I think they could beat both of them. I, I really do. And I, the, if you have a good defense – which we saw in the Cowboys game, the Minnesota yeah, Vikings true. don't have an offensive Kirk line Cousins good enough yeah. to hold up, you know, give Kirk Cousins time. Well, their That's offensive the line is not bad, but Kirk, Kirk Cousins, when he gets caught into the pocket, he makes mistakes when you throw him off his, you know, his throwing arm. The, his yeah. off- their offensive line is good. It's just the problem is that the, it's a lot of the same types of players. A lot of them are more movement-based, smaller offensive linemen. Well, their interior is really good. Their interior is really good outside of their rookie, Ingram, which has struggled. But their, their other four guys, Bradbury's a really good center. And then you got Christian Darisol outside who's played very well. Ezra Cleveland, who was a, well, one of the Giants to draft last year in the second round, has been a very nice player for them. And then Brian O'Neill. But they're all kind of all smaller types. So if the Jets can win that battle inside with their interior depth, they definitely could wreak havoc. Here's the thing. The next two weeks, if the Jets don't win so both, far. if the Jets don't win both those games, Zach Wilson won't be the starting quarterback of that team. I can guarantee you. At least they'll take him out for at least a game and see what Mike White could do. I think the Jets are better than their record. Their record's pretty. Their record good. is they, is pretty normal pretty to what record. they are. I, six I would and four. Say that's fair. I mean, their record's yeah. really good. I mean, they have a good record. I mean, the, the really, if you really look at the games. Every single one of the games that they lost, they go to one. Every one of them. Every one of them. Even the Bengals true. game. They go to one that game. All true. They could have won every single one of their games. They just didn't. And and they got out they got outplayed, you know, in games that they should have won. But they're about parallel talent wise and conceptually to what their record's showing. They're not like a massive like surprise like Seattle or the Giants. Yeah. Uh, all three of the games they lost. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but again, their, their talent is yeah. still pretty far behind. Where they're definitely ahead the Giants, of their record. The Giants don't have the talent, right? That Jets have. So, uh, Not the, even close. The, Jet, the Jets' talent is probably, and their, what their concepts are this year is probably parallel to their record. If I think the it's Jet, pretty normal. If, if the Jets had a decent right now, Zach Wilson. If, De, if Zach Wilson was playing mediocre, the Jets, the Jets right now are probably seven and two or whatever, eight and two right now. That that's where their record would be. I mean, they should be much better right now than they are. They should have won both those Patriot games. Okay, that's my opinion. I think they should have won both those Patriot games. But it, it was quarterback play and play calling that that screwed them. But that's that's the game. That's football. The Patriots that outplayed. The, the Patriots out 
coached them, and 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 right. I'll play them in the important parts. Well, you of the know, game. they got the so, Bears this week yes, coming up. That's it, easy. It's not easy because Justin Fields is not an easy guy to stop. <laughs> he runs the ball a lot, and it, and he's well, very fast. Is it, is so, it in New York? Yes, yes, it's in, and that's the. So that should be easier. No, because the Jets are a better away team than they are at home. I mean, uh, yeah, MetLife has never been a great, great home field. Advantage. No, it's not. It, yeah. It's they'll be even for the Giants. Even for the Giants, no, even for the Giants too. Yeah. A lot of years they've been just as good or better on the road when they've been good. <laughs> I, I think it doesn't matter where they play. I think, That's true. Uh, honestly, it's it's just about quarterback play. If they can, if if Zach Wilson could throw two hundred and some yards and no throwing interceptions and keep the other team off their feet, yes, the Jets should win and beat the Bears. They're a better team, more ta- much more talented. Than them, but are they going to do that? That's why you play the game. If you remember what Herm, uh, Herm Edwards always said, you play to win the game. So, Kenny, thank you for That's calling, true. bud. Win at all costs. That's right. Listen, I want you. If you lose, you got to stick a goose up your ass. Okay. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. Really, <laughs> really. And, and Jeff, we should be in touch. That's right. All right, Kenny. Kenny from White Blades, fantastic personality. Lovely kid. Well, the guy. <laughs> Never a dull moment when Kenny calls the show. <laughs> yes, Snug, I know you loved it. Oh, Kenny is a piece of work. He really is. I, I have to say something about him. When you, when you sit back, all these years that Kenny's been calling the show and his personality, it, it just it makes sense for who he is as a person. And I, I respect him. I really do, even though he's a little outlandish and crazy. It's always good to be on with the great Mikey C. Mikey C., how was your victory Monday? Uh, from the, a New England standpoint, very well. From a Giants standpoint, not so well. Well, listen, they're still having a good season. I did predict they were going to be at least a 10-win team this year. I'm so. shocked because I'm not going to lie. I didn't think that at all. I think, uh, you know, because I was just and looking And you also at, predicted the Jets were going to be a 4-win team, and you were wrong about that, buddy. I right, was just expecting... a 27-10 win this week. You were wrong about that. Oh, are you going to cry? when you cry me a baby because they have six wins? The Jets, the Jets are going to have a better record than the Patriots. They're going to have a better record than the Patriots at the end of the season. Right now we're tied. Oh, but it won't, it won't be that at the end of the season. Trust okay. me. Believe me that. Who did, oh, you, besides besides the Jets, a winning team, who did they beat that has a winning record? Who did they beat? Nobody. I, I don't know. Nobody. I don't know. They don't they beat they nobody are, with winning records except the Jets. Five and one in their last, they are 5-1 in their last six, though. Well, listen, you, you're going to sit here. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't mock the Patriots. I didn't sit here and say the Patriots didn't win. I didn't you say any of Smash them. Yeah, I I did. I didn't think it was going to be that windy. I didn't think Wef If you don't no, think the beefs. If if, if you didn't think that punt return wasn't a hold, then I don't know what the hell you were watching because that was, was a hold. There was, there was plenty of calls that went both speedy, ways that weren't good. Speedy, I'm going to send you. I want I want to send Speedy. I want you to post this picture. You tell well, me if this wasn't a hold. Do you, do you think do you think it was a block in the back at the end? Dude, the referee was standing right there. They were holding. They put him in. A, he put him in a chokehold. How is that about a penalty? That is not a touchdown. They should have taken it back. Even if the Patriots would have won in overtime, that should have went overtime. The Patriots let you hang around anyway. Oh, Patriots! Oh, stop, stop! The Patriots. Did, like, did they miss two field goals? Yeah, they did. did. They two field goals? Yeah, they did. 
Hey, right. What does that mean? That, that doesn't. It's not my fault that their their kicker sucks. Right. It's not my fault. Your quarterback sucks. Two yards pass. Two two yards of total offense in the second. I'm half. talking about quarterbacks. Your quarterback almost lost passes. his job. Your quarterback but, almost I'm, lost his job. I'm not the one that I'm not the one that was loving Mac Jones. I didn't want them to draft him, did I? You were like Zach. Wilson no, you wanted David Collins. Then, How good is he? How good David is he? David Collins is in the league. Where's your oh, fourth best stop, quarterback, Kellen Mond? Stop. 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 Zayvon Collins, Collins is not even going to be in the league in two years. Okay. What are you talking about? He's a starter at linebacker for the Cardinals. That's right, because they got nobody else. The they, they, they have nobody else. That defense is supposed to be one of the best in the league. Go back to the preseason. They made a choice. They kept him and cut their other linebackers for him. They did. Go back to the preseason. Yeah, Jordan Hicks. They caught. He's now in the Vikings. They only See, caught him. They only. They only caught him because he was a first round draft pick, and they got to make sure that they got to put all their the eggs in a basket. Jack Wilson's in the NFL right now. Oh, stop! Stop! He's not quarterbacks. He be, quarterbacks take three years to develop, dude. We have to see what. I, I don't what, disagree. I don't disagree with you. But would he be on this team if he were a fifth round pick? No. No, no, he wouldn't. No. So he's only on the team because he was a first round pick. No, I don't. I disagree. I disagree. You just said he wouldn't be on the team if he was a fifth round pick. I, I, I yes, it. because I told you a first round draft pick quarterback usually first or second round draft pick. You, and he and, and Josh and Josh Allen even said it. You have to wait until the third year. You got to give the kid opportunity to figure I, it out. I, I completely agree, but the way he plays against the Patriots, let's be honest, the four games he's played against the Patriots and, and the whole I'm seeing ghosts thing from Sam Darnold is still true, right? The four games he's played against the Patriots, he has been – those are his worst four games in the NFL, the worst. They and if you have to play the Patriots two times a year and you're going to put up those performances at least two times a year, that's a bad I, I I eventually believe he'll figure it out. I, I, I mean, I, I do believe it. Now, I don't know what the Jets are planning to do. Robert Sala says it's not a guaranteed his job. I think that's what he's doing. He wants he wants the press to leave them alone and wait until the season. He's going to announce on Friday that Zach's going to start, but that doesn't mean he's going to he's going to start for that full game. If Zach starts off Weak in the first two quarters, they're going to pull him, and they're going to put Mike. Um, I don't. Mike I don't know. I actually, I don't. I actually don't believe that that's the truth. I be, and not saying that you're wrong. I I believe that it just depends on the week of practice he has because he, it's Could very be. clear he's already. It's very clear he's already lost the locker room. He did. That answer after the game where he's like, "Do you think you'll let your defense down?" and he's like, "Nope." Or, well, he didn't say he didn't say nope. He said yes, he did. No, yes, he did. He no, said, nope. I'll, do you want to play? Do you want to play? Speedy, yeah, go play get the, the go get no. the interview. Get the interview. He but said he no. It, it's a, no. no, no. He didn't say no. He said he says no. It was a team. It was a collective team situation. That's what he said. He oh, didn't say nope. Getting, he didn't say no. Nope. Roasted all day. Did you see Dan yeah. Orlovsky's breakdown of his film? Yeah. Terrible. He yeah. couldn't even throw a screen pass to Braxton Berrios. He threw it into the third row. Yeah, he, he didn't look good, man. No, no, Jeff's right. He said, uh, Connor Hughes said, did you let, do you feel like you let defense let you down and all? And Zach said no. That's, he, Jeff is right about Jeff's that. Jeff's right again. He said no. Play the whole thing. I don't he know. I don't, I don't no. have the clip. I just looked at the, the play. Play the whole thing. He didn't say just no. He said no. It, it's a team. It was a collective team. I watched it. It was a three-minute, three-minute three and 48 seconds uh, uh, interview. He didn't just say no. He said he said Mikey, a bunch Mikey of stuff. C, you're a reason, Mikey C, you're a reasonable human being. If your quarterback put up that performance and then said no, I thought he said whatever no. Answer, 
He said right, a bunch but, of stuff. Whatever. Gave whatever answer. But the gist of it is that he didn't let down his team and walked away. Would you want that quarterback on your team, Mikey C? No. I mean, Daniel, yeah, no. If it was I, Daniel that, Jones that said, I didn't let my team down and walked away. That's Well, I, I've never been a Daniel Jones fan from day one. But if it, if it was No, no, Tom I know what you're saying. Aaron Rodgers or anybody, pick a quarterback that you like. If a quarterback you like gave that answer, would you want him on your team? Well, no, because he's throwing his whole team underneath the bus. Exactly. So I, that's why I believe it's going to depend on the week of practice he has, because I think he's lost the locker room and needs to. Win well, I, according to today, I heard that Salah missed his interview, I think, on Yes, on the Michael K show. Who, what are we talking about? Today, Robert uh, Sala missed his interview. Yeah, with okay. Mike because the team he had was also he was also two hours late to his right. Uh, they, they had like conference. long meetings and discussions, so I know it was about the whole interview with Zach Wilson. That's why I kind of said, and that's why a lot of people are predicting maybe they might transition White Sunday instead of Wilson they because won't. because of the whole they locker won't room. Do it. They won't do that. I'm not saying they will or they won't. By, we don't by the know. Way, go back to last year. Go back to last year, Mike. But anything White, White, and that other kid, the other kid, was it Johnson? James Johnson, who is Josh Johnson. Johnson. Josh, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. They were both better than Zach Wilson. Well, I kind of would probably be a better team if they played Mike White. I it, well, it's funny you brought up Mike White because when he did play in spurts, you know, because he had one good game, one bit, you know, I actually it, it looked like the team rallied around him and he took chances. I don't know because I mean I know every you know things that people post up on social media. You don't know how accurate it is. But people were posting that he almost didn't even know the play on one of the plays that he called. He one hundred percent didn't. Did, where the guy was like wide open, and he even looked that way. So did did, did you see the body? Forget what people post or whatever, because they can post whatever caption with the video. Just look at the video. Did you see like Garrett Wilson's body language and some of the receivers? There was tons of them. Tons of them. Tons of it. He's lost the offense. He's lost them. I, I'm I'm going to say something. Okay, if he goes into MetLife Stadium with the Bears and beats the Bears on Sunday and actually throws 200 and some yards and he throws two touchdowns and they win the game, everybody's going to forget about this. It's going to be completely disappeared. This is what football is. It's a week-to-week basis. Has he beaten the Patriots? Did he look good against the Patriots in both the games? He didn't. But he's 5-2 and two as a starter this year. Say whatever you want and what his numbers are, he's still 5-2 and two as a starter. And he has a 3, he's, what is he, 3-1 and one away as a, as a starter this year. Those are good numbers as far as, it's all about winning. It's all about winning. It's all about winning. Those are all fine. And you're probably right that if he goes and has a good game, no. maybe some of it can be forgotten. I, I, right? I think like, it's going to happen. I'm not disputing that. But watch him have a bad first half and then watch the body language because he's right on the edge of the cliff where he's in danger of losing everybody. No question. I, I think, no question. I think if he starts Sunday, he's got one quarter. I don't even think Two he has quarters. a half. He has a half. He has a half. There's a, I'm telling you right now. Mark my words here. Robert Sala is not going to start Mike White in the beginning of the first two quarters uh, this coming week. I wouldn't be shocked yeah, if they named Mike White a starter, but I also would not bet? be shocked. You want to bet if, 20 bucks? Dude, I'm That's still bad. waiting to collect on Sam oh, Donald. Stop, stop, Mike. Come on. Stop, stop, Mike. Anyway, you lose stop on all your bets. Stop, Mike. It. It's, it's, it's enough bet. already. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll make... We'll make a dinner. There's bet. no need for a bet because I, I literally because said. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you by no, Friday. No, I, I could that. see both things to where could they start Mike uh, Mike White and make, you know, humble pie out of Zach Wilson for that comment, losing the locker room? Yes. But also because he's a first round pick, I can give him, I could sit there and say, hey, listen, 
if we start him one quarter and we feel like he's missing receivers wide open, we're pulling him no matter what. So I'm, it could go either way. I don't need to make a bet when I'm, we already had this discussion earlier in the first segment of the show. I'm, I'll tell you the biggest danger he has right now is he's not doing a whole lot of the eyes and me's when it comes to the blame. He's doing a lot of the we's and we should have and whatever. He does a little bit of that and starts pointing fingers at that offensive line. They're not going to want to block for him much longer. I, I agree with you. And I think he needs to apologize. Whatever he needs to say in that locker room to apologize to his offense and the defense. Because it, but even if, he, even if he apologized, do you think that they would believe it? I think he would. He's a kid. But remember, he's 22 years old. He's a kid. I think, I think Dan Orlovsky made a uh, decent point. This morning, what I don't say? know if you saw it on. No, I didn't. I don't know where he where he said, you know, Zach Wilson's family has money, right? He comes from a life of privilege where he hasn't ever had to take accountability for everything, and he believes that that upbringing is part of his answer. Like, what? No, the Josh Rosen effect. It was, it was the t- right. No, no, not me. It was the team. It wasn't me. When he really should be putting the blame on himself, regardless if he thinks if it was his fault or not. And so I don't believe that that kid has it in him to walk into a locker room and stand in front of 57 other people and go, I'm sorry. Hmm. I, I I think Robert Soller, the reason why he didn't show up to the Michael K or he showed up late to Michael K or whatever. No, he didn't show hours, up at all. I, I believe he had a, a I'm sure. No, they had, were in meetings. I, I'm sure he had Zach Wilson in front of that offense. And no, it was his, a whole upper management meeting. No players, no nothing. You guys, listen, you guys live where you live, and there's a lot There's a lot of affluent people there. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of people with privilege out there. How many of those people do you know say, I'm sorry to anyone about anything? I think that I think that could be an issue with Zach Wilson. Well, I think he has. We'll see what happens. I think, see, I think the biggest problem with Zach Wilson is. Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked any good. No. Justin Fields hasn't looked any Trevor, good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence is getting better. And, and, and honestly, Trevor Lawrence has an excuse. When you have Urban Meyer and now a new coach, he's had to learn. Hold on. <clears throat> say what you want. He's had to learn two different offenses, and, he, and he's getting better. Zach Wilson has had the same coordinator and same coach. Don't say he's not he's, getting better. He's 5-2, and two, okay? He's got a better it, – it, it, it's look, all about winning. It's all about winning. They don't care about numbers. It's all about wins and losses. If he – at the end of the season, Jeff, if they if he's 7-3 and three, or as a starter or he's 7-4, and four, that's the what they look at. They don't look at the – oh, he has, has 3,800 yards and – 18 touchdowns and seven. The they don't care about that. Now telling me numbers don't matter. No, I'm telling you, it's all about wins with the Jets. They only want it. They, it that's what they're looking at. If he can make the plays and you he can do the think, do the things that they need him to do, and he wins, that's all it that matters to the Jets. You, you know what? You know what's funny because this is the exact polar opposite of everything you've said about Kyla Murray. Because Kyla Murray will put up the numbers and you go look at the numbers, look at the numbers, and then he throws a. a an absolute have, up obviously the the obviously like, you haven't up. listened to the show over the last couple of months i no, have no, i have no. taken back i have taken back uh, a lot of mikey c you said he was coming back it's been a triumphant return I, I have taken back i have taken back a lot of things about kyler murray speedy would tell you i have i've taken shots what are your at thoughts murray? on tua because i know you didn't like tua i didn't like no, Tua. No, and no, now that you no. give him weapons he's i mean he's in the mvp race i hate you, to say it you he's, could, he's not yeah, winning but you know what you know what the thing with that is, though, Mikey? You could honestly take anybody in the NFL, maybe minus Russell Wilson, because he stinks, and, and, and they would be doing as good, if not better. If you go and look at the film, 
go look at the Patriots game. He underthrew Tyreek Hill by 30 yards on a 40 yard pass. He skipped it to him. I, I, I mean, I get it, but the league would be doing better. Anyone with weapons is going to be good. It's like Patrick Mahomes. Is he good? Well, well, yes. it, well, no you did, that, well, you kind of, you kind of nailed it in a way because <laughs> to evaluate a player, what you have, you kind of get, you got to give them something to work with. The only difference is, is that the Miami Dolphins went all out on Tyreek Hill and pairing him up with Waddle after his. So I mean, not, you got two dynamite, you know, guys that can take to the house on a cross pass. You certainly do, but what happens when one of them gets a hamstring? Like, look at Arizona. They loaded up with guys. They went and got Robbie Anderson. Rondale Moore Robbie Anderson's a stiff. I'm getting dude, tired of everybody dude, saying, dude, that guy, fourth, are you dude, kidding me? He dropped, He just runs straight and that's it. And if he hits the end, right, if he hits the goal post, he get a concussion. The guy right, stinks. Right, right. He's the fourth option, so it doesn't matter. because The they, best guy on that team is Hopkins. He, Without Hopkins, was, that team stinks. Right, right, Marquise Brown, and he's hurt now. Rondale Moore got hurt tonight. Right, so Kyler Murray's good when he has all the all the and Ertz got injured, right? so the tight end and the Hopkins right. are really the best thing. But I mean, like, right. right? But you also need, like, okay, for example, everybody, you know, the whole question was. I remember all off season when the Seattle uh, Seahawks traded away Russ. Everybody's like, better. oh, they're gonna, they're gonna get worse. They're gonna go, oh, trade. Uh, Jet fans were asking for for the receivers, and then trade Tyler Lockett. And I was like, why would you do that? You, you, whoever you bring in, whether it's a rookie, you need to throw to somebody. And look, by them keeping Lockett and the big kid, they're doing very well. But the but the good players get better without that sort of stuff. Say what you want about Tua; he's only good with the players. Someone gets hurt, he's going to be really hamstrung. Josh Allen, for the most part, kind of did it on his own. Yeah, they got digs at some point, but Josh Allen. They drafted Gabe Davis. They've had no running game. They still win with Josh Allen because Josh Allen has gotten better and he made the team better. I don't think in any way, shape, or form Tua makes that team better. You could drop Ryan Tannehill into that situation and they're going to win games. Uh, Put Derek Carr on that team. They're going to win games. Uh, just going back to some of Carl's comments, uh, he says Jets get the perfect defense, have a bounce back game. The Bears, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't forget about it because the Bears defense is miserable. Mm. If he can't bounce hack hack and it gets the Bears D, he has no business in this league. This is a fool's gold game for Wilson. That's fine if it goes well for him. But it, it's um, all about confidence and I, building confidence. Errol didn't say anything about Fields. He was talking about Lawrence and Mac Jones. Yeah. Uh, not looking any good. He thinks Fields has looked great. I, I, right, I like that whole, that whole quarterback class. He is, can't is throw, but he, he he can run, man. And Lamar Jackson, whole, he's a better he's a better Lamar Jackson. That's what that I think. That whole quarterback class is on shaky ground. Lawrence hasn't <laughs> been hasn't been the Andrew Luck that no, everyone thought no. he was going to be. Zach Wilson certainly stinks. Trey Lance can't get on the Andrew, field. Yeah. Right? Justin Fields is the only one that I can say is getting better. Matt Jones is taking a huge step back. Now that could be Matt Patricia and. Joe Judge, I'm, oh, yeah, <laughs> have fun, have fun with Don't that. get me started with those two idiots. I know. I just like to. I like to rub it in. Wasn't for what's it wasn't the, the Giants was making rated, a bad coaching hire. And the guy that was rated ahead, apparently, of Mac Jones and Trey Lance, or Mac Jones and and Justin Fields, Kellen Mond, he already got cut off of a team. <laughs> I didn't like Mac Jones either. I actually thought Kellen Mond would be better too. <laughs> So that whole quarterback <laughs> class is on shaky ground. For as it's, much as everyone said it was going to be good, uh, that whole class is on shaky ground. Yeah, but it's it's still they're still in their second year. You got to give them a third year to see what they are. Right. Okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. Out of the quarterbacks, who do you think? Well, unless they Justin all make Fields. a massive, Justin unless Fields. they all make a massive leap, 
They're all they're all done. Justin Fields is right now the guy that I would say is 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 so far looked successful that you can run your mm-hmm. offense through him, what he does and what he's good at, and you can win. Right not, now. Not not this offseason, okay? Not this offseason. It's the next offseason, okay? Yep. Look, we'll even see. if they marginally improve, that next offseason is when everyone has to decide yep. on uh, fifth-year options. Mm-hmm. It's all four-year contracts with a fifth-year option. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields will probably get the fifth-year option. Yeah. Name someone else that would possibly get it if they don't massively improve. Well, again... I, I want to see I want to see the end of the season. I want to see the record. If the Jets make the playoffs, maybe they win but a game. But it, you know. but it almost doesn't matter what they do for the rest of the year because look at the year Kyler Murray had last year. He tore it up. He was great, and everyone still said he was in the shitter because he was throwing underhanded underhanded interceptions from his own end zone against the Rams in that first round playoff game. Mm. I think so what Errol's referring matter. to, though, is with, just, the, with Fields as the Bears offseason. Yeah. They have $115 million yeah, to spend. I, I want to see it, it, the same thing with the Jets. I, I want to see what <clears throat> Zach Wilson does at the end of the season. Then then you, you, we'll see what the Jets decide to do. I think they bring him back for another year. They'll probably draft somebody, or they'll probably bring a veteran in. I, I don't, I, I'm going to say this, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Jeff. For the Jet fans out there, and maybe you think he stinks right now, maybe you don't, maybe you see the same thing I see. Here's what I'm going to say. You cannot judge a book by its cover until he gets his reps in. I really don't think he's as bad as he was on Sunday. I don't. I, I'm not taking I, – again, I don't know what he is. I'm not a quarterback guy. Okay? I'm not a quarterback coach. I don't teach quarterbacks, quarterbacks how to play. I, I'm just telling you what I've seen. There are glimpses when – I, when I watch this kid, when he played against Buffalo, there are glimpses that he can make the throws and he can keep this team into the game. Is he is he uh, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? No, but could he be a Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, I think he could. Well, I you think can settle efficient. for Joey Harrington. At this I, I think he could be an efficient quarterback that can make the throws and have a good running game. I do. But, but I think he could. But you're you're. I think you're being too much of a Jets. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't listen. Listen. I don't care. I don't care if he is or he isn't. I don't care if he is because this team's going to be good without him or with him. I think right. I well, but maybe or maybe not because here's the here's the danger that you're in. Seriously, here's how it plays out. Zach Wilson, say he stinks. Okay, Mm -hmm. just just go with me. Just say he stinks. Okay, and I know that you don't believe that. Okay. Okay. Well, Elijah Moore's coming up on a contract. Do you think Elijah Moore wants to stay on this team? And Elijah Moore is very good. Do you think he wants to stay on this team starting over with a rookie quarterback? I, I so, don't want him. So I don't want him there. Happens, I don't want him there anyway. So then he leaves. I don't want him there anyway. Then Mims is probably going to leave. Then what are you left with? People will start leaving this team if Look, you have to start over with a rookie quarterback. That's what happens. We'll see so what happens. Are they in a good place? Are they in a good place? Yeah, they're in a good place. They're they're in danger. I tr- having- I trust in my GM that he he's going to do the right thing. If they're gone, he'll bring somebody else in. He's if, he's he knows what he's doing. It, if you were on this team and you saw Zach Wilson playing how he's playing, because even in some of the wins he didn't play well. That win against Denver, they won in spite of him, just like the Patriots won yesterday in spite of Mac Jones, because Mac Jones wasn't all that good. Right, so they won. They they won that Denver game in spite of the poor Zach Wilson play. He played terrible in that game. If it weren't for those big runs that they reeled off, they they don't win that game. It was all the running game, right? So you can point to the wins, but he's even played bad in some of the wins. 
and and guys aren't going to stick around because if they don't keep winning and they need to and they, they've done a good job so far, how many players do you think are going to stick around when they're going? Oh, it's going to be a whole new quarterback, a whole new coaching staff, a whole new this, a whole new. They're not getting rid of. Stability. They're not getting rid of Robert Sala. They're not getting rid of Joe Douglas. They they're not. They could. They're not. They're they not. Could. They're not. I'm telling you. I'm not, not saying it's. I'm not saying it's this year. But in a year or two years, if Zach Wilson doesn't pan out, and they're not, dude, that, Zach they're, Wilson could be he could he could not pan out next year. They'll bring a veteran in. They'll they, they're too good of a team. They're too talented not to win. They're going to win. I'm just I telling mean, you. I'm just the, telling the, you. But but the talent doesn't win the games. We've talked about this with that idiot from Bayshore because he goes all the every year. The Cowboys <laughs> are the most talented team on the planet. That doesn't matter if you have talent. They all need to play together and be a team. Ask you're not me seven one five sitting next to you. He knows team sports. Hmm. Jeff, thanks for calling, bud. Mikey, you're the best. Happy Victory Monday, man. It's glad to see that you're back. <clears throat> Bring some sanity to this madness. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what a headache. I, I mean, he made some good points, but some of his points I, I disagree. Because with with the Jets, with him or with not, it, it, it's not going. Elijah Moore. I think the Jets are going to probably train him in the offseason. After everything that happened uh, with the anti-Semitic, th- I think he's gone anyways. Garrett Wilson will be there. I think they bring back Denzel Mims because they think he, he, he's he's going to take over for Corey Davis. I don't. Th- I think they drop Corey Davis in the offseason, as as you see with Robert Sala. He, he was a healthy scratch this week, Corey Davis. I don't. I don't think they need Corey Davis anymore. I think Denzel Mims is the, is the right option for them. I think they draft somebody else. They trade Elijah Moore for a second or third round draft pick. They bring in another wide receiver and they go from there. I I I, I as far as Zach Wilson's concerned, if he's on this roster next year or if he's he's not the quarterback of the future in the next year, this is still going to well, be the next five games are going to they they, that. they have they have Brees Hall that's coming back. This guy's a beast. They have offensive linemen that will be back next year. That are Elijah Vera Tucker is an all-pro player. This is going to be a very good team for many, many years. They built this right. They have defense. They have everything. I'm not worried about this team with or without Zach Wilson. That's just my opinion. I'm not worried about it. They're going to win. Somebody, a veteran quarterback, if it's not Zach Wilson, a veteran quarterback is going to want to play with these guys. You, you kidding me? With the talent that they have over here, an offensive line this young and this good, and 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 the running backs and all this stuff that they have, Garrett Wilson, who is going to be a star in this league, you don't think there's going to be teams that uh, quarterbacks that are going to want to play here? I, I disagree. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, Snug says Miami or Mike White were crushing in Miami. The Jets to trade Zach Wilson for Geno Smith, and Wilson got exposed. Geno Smith on is Sunday. going to be signed. And now, by the way, Mark has arrived. Mark, what's up, bud? Hey guys, how are you? Oh, well, good. How are you feeling, bud? I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's Thanksgiving, so yeah. I wish I was. I wish you were here, yeah. man. You could come over yeah. here. You can spend Thanksgiving with me. Yeah, I would love to. I just can't can't get up there. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, so I'd I, like to come back for Christmas too. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Maybe you come back for Christmas, but let. let Obviously, you called me after the Jet game, and, oh, God. and we went yeah. back and forth about it, and we, we spoke yeah. about this, and uh, you were upset about some of the refs, the refs and the calls in the game. You were, you were, you know, you you, you knew that the Jets were losing, and you didn't make any excuses on why they lost, but you said, "Boy, oh boy, this game." 
I, I mean, the calls were going every single way with the, the 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 Patriots. What stood out to you mostly in the game besides Zach Wilson? We've spoken enough about Zach Wilson. We all know he sucked. Okay, he yeah. sucked. He was horrible. Let's take it out of the way. What did you think besides that? What stood out in the game that you believe affected the game c- completely for the Jets? Yeah, now, I'm not one to really blame referees. I, you know, I, I don't like doing that. I didn't mean to come up like, oh, that's why the Jets No, lost. you didn't say that. Yeah. You didn't say that. Right. No, you're not the um, beef. Don't worry. You didn't say that. Yeah. I didn't say it either. Yeah, no. I, I, I was pissed off at the at the punt return at the yep. end of the game. It kind, of, it kind of reminded me of when the Giants lost the Eagles and Jackson had that oh, punt return. And you saw Tom Coughlin, like, throw down his clipboard as he's running for the touchdown. That was me, like, throwing down – whatever I had in my hands as I'm watching it. Um, I, I just don't like the fact that there is a talent. I, I think there's a talent differential now. Last year, there wasn't. For a long time, there wasn't. I mean, the Patriots have always had the Jets number. You know, Jets got lucky a couple times. They even beat them, I think, with Geno Smith one time. And But to lose as many as they've lost. I mean, last time we beat them was 2015. Yep. And this team was not, I don't think, was any better. So this was the first time I actually expected them to win. You expected them to win at home. They didn't. But you figured with the way that this team plays. And the one difference I'll say in this team is there's a, there's a little air of confidence about them. 100%. I'm, I'm not used to seeing with the Jets. The Jets usually make you feel like you're going to lose. It's a season's over. Right after, after this game... People, you know, the old Jets would say, everybody says the game, season is over. Like Josh said to me, I told you what Josh told me on the phone. He said, he said, season's over, it's done. And I'm like, dude, they're 6-4, and four, they're yeah. in the playoffs, the season is not over. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I, it's I, not. I think they're good enough. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. hundred percent. defense is good enough. I think they're in a division all of a sudden where you have the Dolphins with the most explosive offense. You have... Josh Allen making mistakes that he didn't make the first couple of years of his career, at least not mm-hmm. as consistently. And then you have the Patriots, which, okay, like, are the Patriots really good? No. You ask me, the Patriots no, are they're not. A, a functional team that knows how to beat teams that make mistakes, or even when they don't make mistakes, they know, they still know how to win in certain, in certain areas. Teams okay? with predictable identities, too. Yeah, right. Um, do I think Mac Jones is is the, is the best quarterback? No, I, I I think he's probably average when it comes to to his role in New England. And I don't I don't think he's as, as explosive as two, and I certainly don't think he's as good as Josh Allen. So you're going to need to score points against those teams. All right, you can get away with it with the Jets because the Jets don't have that dynamic offense yet. And you know when they lost. Uh, when they lost Bryce Hall, it's mm-hmm. you know that that just made it a little worse. Even though they can still run the ball, I don't like if Brees Hall. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. If Brees Hall was in both these games against the Patriots, the Jets win. I yeah, I, I, I would predict that if Brees Hall was playing in both these games and he was 100 percent healthy, the Jets win. I think the Jets would score it. They would have definitely scored a touchdown yesterday because he has a, a knack for finding the holes and he's very tough to take down. I think the Jets would have won both those games, but. They didn't, and that's not an excuse. The, the, and the play calling is, was horrible. Bad. Horrible. You know, it was like watching Bill O'Brien, for crying out loud. <laughs> so, it was horrible. I, I, 
I just don't. Mike LaFleur should be re- he should be fired, and he he will not get fired because it, Robert Sala's best friend is Matt. That's what's going to happen. He right. he'd have to do something. It, the only way Matt Mike LaFleur uh, loses his job is if the Jets have a losing season now this year. Mm-hmm. If they go from from winning season when right. they're, they're six and three and all of a sudden fall apart and they have a losing season. That's the yeah. only way. Mark, Mark maybe Mike LaFleur gets maybe Mike LaFleur gets fired. Bill O'Brien gets fired. Mike LaFleur Mike LaFleur becomes the offensive coordinator yeah. at Alabama and then Alabama, becomes the head yeah. coach of Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, another Saban reclamation project. <laughs> That's the only yeah. way Mike LaFleur loses his job. If the Jets go from a winning season to a losing season and he's the but, reason why. The offense yeah, is the and, reason and why. yeah, and the offense is, is clearly the reason. Um, but I, I think that they're they're in a good spot because they still, you know, they have Chicago coming up. The thing I don't like though is they they lost the tiebreaker here against the Patriots, and that, that's I don't think come it matters. In some way to haunt them. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so because I, I don't the ba- the Patriots haven't beaten any team with a winning record except the Jets, and I I can't wait until their their schedule gets harder in the second half. So. Uh, the Patriots got to play Buffalo again. They got to play Miami. They're not beating any. They got to play teams. Buffalo twice. Yes, they they right. they're not beating any of those teams. They got to okay? play the Vikings still too, they're and they got to play the Bengals. They're not. They got they, listen. They got they, they won that game. You want to say they were lucky when they beat the Jets? I don't. I don't no, care. I, I I don't say they're lucky. I no. say they're good. They know how to beat the Jets. But they yeah. they can't be. I think they're going to problems with Buffalo. I think they have problems with Miami. Uh, they have to play the Vikings. They can't score. They have, yeah. they can have problems with the Vikings because they can score, and, and the Vikings don't have. Now the Vikings, there's something about the Vikings. I think the Jets match up against the Vikings. I don't think the Patriots match up very well against the Vikings. Was, was that the strangest game ever that Vikings host? <laughs> no, because I I thought the Cowboys were going to kick the crap out of them. I think he's, I no, he's the Bills. Oh, the Bills. The Vikings, the, Bills. The Vikings oh, Bills. I thought it was one of the better games this year. Oh, it was awesome. I thought it was it, awesome. I thought it was a great game. Yeah, I really did. I didn't expect the Vikings to show any backbone. They usually don't. Uh, so when they won that game, I was pretty surprised. Even though Allen did kind of, you know, fumble and kind of, you know, handed it to him a little bit. But then, he, you know, he got him back by getting a field goal at the end of the game with 39 seconds and let him go right down the field. And that's why I don't um, think the first interception was that bad, though. I, and, I think the second one was. And that's why I like Josh Allen. Yeah, he's because throwing bad interceptions. That's down. why I like Josh Allen, because after the game, he took the blame. He says, yeah. I got to be player. I, nobody, no quarterback plays like S and, right. and expects to win the game. That's what I want to hear from Zach. And right. I, I want to, I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Zach Wilson, it, 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 when he has his press conference on Friday, because Friday they has a possible, I want him to go up there. And when he talks to the press, I want him to apologize to the press, to the fans and to his teammates for what he said, not taking responsibility for what he did. And I'm sure, I'm sure Robert Sala is going to sit down with the kid and he's going to say, dude, you play like crap. You cannot sit here and, and right. honestly think that your teammates don't think they didn't see the same thing that everybody else saw on the right. field. Oh, yeah. No, the defense is disappointed. Of course, they're fucking disappointed. Excuse me. Of course, yeah. they're disappointed. Yeah. They anyway, disappointed. Um, everybody was the, disappointed. The thing I was disappointed with was Sala, okay? And, and this is where good head coaches come in. Like Parcells is a guy that used to always do this. Even Belichick on occasion would do it, not as much as Parcells. But if you're losing with your starter, and he's not a bona fide like a Brett Favre or, a, or you know, not even both Brett Favre, but, you know, like a Brady or somebody that's just, you know, Hall of Fame material, you replace him to win the game. And that's it. And then you go back to the other guy. You know, Parcells did that all the time with Sims. He did that with, uh, with Hostetler. 
he did that when he was with the Patriots too. So I, I, I don't like that they were in that position. They knew he wasn't playing well. They knew they needed a change and they didn't go to it. That's to me it was, is, is the one big difference between Salah now and maybe what he will become because he's got to learn how to do that. If he doesn't learn how to do that, I he doesn't want to throw his feelings out and go with I don't what think, needs to be. I don't think he. Hard. I don't think he wanted to embarrass his young quarterback. Because there was a three-three game. Yes, and the Jets were dominating the game. That's the only they reason were. why they were dominating. Yeah, the that's game. what I'm saying. That's the only reason why because they were hoping that the kid would make a play yeah. and possibly win Honest, the game. Honestly. Nobody. It, I would have done the same thing. I don't if think I you watched the whole game, if you didn't see that the Jets were dominating the game defensively, they were absolutely dominating the line of scrimmage. The Patriots could do absolutely nothing until that punt return. Yes, they kicked the ball and they missed two field goal kicks. Why did they miss two field goals? Because the Jets were sacking Mac Jones all the way back to 30 to 40 yard. They were throwing him off and stuff like that. So to say, I'm listening to Snug, it says, couldn't be the Jets got their asses kicked by a better team. The Patriots, just so everybody knows, just so everybody knows and what I saw in both games, the Patriots were not the better team. The Jets were the better team. The better team lost against a team that's just smarter. You listen to Sauce Garner at the at the press conference at the end of the game. He he was shocked, but he even said he said it, it pisses me off because I believe we are the better team, and we we just we can't get over the hump against this team. And they might see him again. And I'm going to tell you this: there is a very good chance that if the Jets and the Patriots make the playoffs, they could play against one another in a wild card game. So I, I'm telling you right now, don't think that the Jets and the Patriots can't meet again. And maybe it's a different, a different ending to it. Maybe Zach Wilson finally finds a way. But you do not want to go to Foxborough in a wild card game against the Patriots. So the, the one thing I don't like, though, with, uh, with, with what you said is that, like, it, it, if he was worried about the player, you know, the quarterback, the young quarterback, you know, Parcells said it really well when he's like. You know, I'm not worried about the player's ego. If he's not, you know, strong enough to handle getting benched, then maybe he shouldn't play. And I think some of these guys, they need to have that done to them in order to realize the game doesn't revolve around them. It's about winning. Hmm. And the players are different bad, today. Get your ass out. That's the you difference. Know? The players are different today. Today, there's more. There's more of a mental aspect to it. A lot of these kids, yeah. you know, they you're right about back that. then is more men. Today it's still kids. You're right about that. It's, oh, yeah, a, it's a young guys league, yeah. right? It, it's yeah. different. You're right about that, but I, I, I don't think it's helping. You know, and and I think the teams that win, they still, they still use those principles. Listen, I have seen teams go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl with quarterbacks that are mediocre. Okay. Could the Jets do that? Yes. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl this year. This is not their year. I think they make the playoffs. Maybe they maybe they win a game in a wild card game. But this isn't the year. It is. I said this last. I said this. Speedy, you can say you can even say that I said this. I said it's not this year. If the Jets have a winning year, they win nine games this year. That's a win for Robert Sala in that group. I said it's next year. When this team is two two years un, one year under all the rookies or one year under uh, Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, it's, next year is the year, and I and that's why I believe who's going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets next year? It will be Zach Wilson because I I think this will be the year where the the, the, the it's going to make or break him as a quarterback in this league, and the Jets are going to know if he's the guy or if he's not. 
Well, to, to be to be fair, I mean, it is New York, and everything it's is a lot of pressure yeah. to the nth degree. Okay, yeah. and especially with the Jets because they've been waiting since 2010 since they last made the playoffs. So anything that remotely is going well. If it stops for a week, I mean, after the Buffalo game, everybody was saying, oh, this guy's great. Mark, we talked about this. I said how crazy, how, how quick it was 0-100 to 100 for Zach Wilson. Right. When against the Patriots, they were like, oh, he sucks. He, we're, the season is. This, and, and then all of a sudden in Buffalo, he, he was 19 for 25. He threw over 190 yards. Right. He ran 56 yards. He threw two, two touchdowns. And he played yeah, fantastic. And, he, and he play, they played defense. And they're like, okay, maybe we were wrong about the kid. Maybe he is, yeah. maybe, maybe it, he is a good Maybe they, they have they have so many we have so many personality changes. We all Jeff Anthony is a psychiatrist. You've known that since the beginning of time. And we, we have a severe insecurity with everything. Okay. So that's why we react the way we react. Yeah, you know, as I'm as I've gotten older, I've learned how to control it a tiny bit. But you know, when I was younger, I was just like I please, I, I would go one look game at your emails and me. I would freak. So I understand why they get that way. Um, but you know, to be honest, you know. Tell me this, though. When really, if you look back, who do you say was like you consider a mediocre quarterback when they won the Super Bowl? Who was a mediocre quarterback? When yeah, they won? I'm sure we can name a few. I mean, you know, uh, there was a lot through. of um, um, uh, mediocre quarterbacks that won. Um, Detmer, Troy Detmer. Troy Detmer. When did he win? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Trent it was Delfer. Trent Delfer. That was I'm sorry. Delfer. Delfer. I'm sorry. Delfer. Trent Delfer. Yeah. Trent Delfer. That's what I meant. Um, um, that he was a mediocre quarterback at best. Um, honestly, Joe Flacco. He was a mediocre quarterback at yeah, best. Yeah, but he had a great postseason. Yes, he did. Yeah, but like he was a mediocre. Okay, but he was a mediocre quarterback. He was. He was a mediocre. He wasn't elite. He was never elite. No, I wouldn't say he's elite. Um, he's like an impatient man. Well, hold on. Eli, what do you Eli consider Manning? mediocre? Guys that are good, but they're they're not they're not guys. They say, okay, if I put him in, he's going to win me a Super Bowl, or he's going to give me the best chance. To win. Phil Sims, Phil Sims, yeah, there were a lot of them. Phil Sims, there's tons. Yeah. There's a lot I of mean, Eli Manning. Manning. I mean, Eli Hostetler, you know? Eli Manning. I mean, people. Yeah, well, yeah but he won two. Um, I, I understand that, but they, they when you look at Eli Manning, did anybody think? Eli Manning? Well, Eli had a way to come back in the fourth quarter. Dude, I remember in 2007. Bad. When the when the Giants were won the Super Bowl before that, in the first six games, everybody wanted Eli Manning's head. They wanted Tom Coughlin to sit him. Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. They wanted him to sit, and then all of a sudden, they squeak into the playoffs. They beat the Patriots in the final game, and then they go on this fucking miraculous run. Right, but also 2011, he had like six or seven fourth quarter comebacks. Yes, he's going to be a Hall of Famer because he won Super Bowls and he was a two time mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP. And his numbers, his yards thrown and. Yeah, he had some good years with Ben McAdoo. He 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 did. He had good years offensively for good. But Jim took, McMahon was a mediocre quarterback. There was a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, how many great I, quarterbacks? Say, I mean, yeah. besides Tom Brady, Peyton Tom Manning Brady is a class all by himself. Yeah, but, but Peyton, Peyton Manning, Peyton. Joe Joe Montana. I mean, you know, Peyton is second is Super Bowl with the Broncos. Honestly, you don't need to be an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl, and that's why I think the Jets see that to be. To, to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's not going to ever be a top five quarterback in the league, but if the Jets can get him somewhere between 12 and 10, uh, I think that's more than a, a efficient enough to win Super Bowls with him. And that's the way the Jets look. Was Eli Manning ever a top 10 quarterback? I mean, 
Maybe, maybe the, certain the Ben, the ben yeah. McAdoo year. Wise, yeah. yeah, I mean, he always threw for over 4,000 But he was, never, he was never – nobody ever even looked at him like that. Like, like Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers was always looked better than him. Everybody yeah, thought that right. they were – better longevity, yeah. But, but right. that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that everybody – when you hear Ben Roethlisberger's name and you hear Phil, Phil, Philip Rivers' name, the first thing that pops up to you – is Eli Manning. Why? Because they always thought that he tailed behind him. It always was like, all right, I'll take Ben first, Philip Rivers, then Eli. Or some people would say yeah, Philip right. Rivers, Ben Ben Roethlisberger, then Eli. Right. You know, you're so right. and some people at one point thought that Romo was better than Eli. Snug says uh, the dude that won for the Redskins in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, that was Mark Rippin. Yeah, Mark though, Rippin, I guess yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah there was a well, lot. Rippin of... had a good year that year, though. Yeah, but uh, but he was but again, it was a flash. In the he pan. was a yeah. Rex Grossman took the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl. I mean, right. they were Kerry well, Collins took the Kerry Collins took the Giants to the Super Bowl. Mediocre <laughs> quarterbacks. Mediocre. They weren't great. They were all right. And is Zach Zach Wilson could be a mediocre quarterback and win two, three Super Bowls with the Jets. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but you have to give the kid a chance to develop. And the Jet fans need to stop. Brad Johnson's another one with Tampa. So, so, uh, good job, Snug. I'm just, I'm tired of. But the game's changing now, though. If you look at like the last. Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon took the the Oakland Raiders to the Super Bowl. He was mediocre. He was MVP that year. Yeah, but he had one good year. But yeah, we, we even, we, Mark, we even, we, we, we had uh, Fred Smoot on the show last week, yeah. former NFL corner, that said Rich Gannon's it, rebirth was like on out unheard of, like out of nowhere, like yeah, the way he comes right. through. It was. It was. He was good. He was good for Fred's like, fantastic, by the way. Yeah, he was. He was a fantastic interview. Mikey, you missed that. Yeah. That yeah, was a Fred's great Smoot, interview. Wow. Funny well, guy. Smoot was funny. He was back and forth with me. We bantering, yelling at each oh, other. Yeah. We were yelling at each other. It was it was a great interview. He really he was fantastic. But And he loved it. He actually uh, sent me a message on my Facebook, okay. uh, not my Facebook, on my Twitter. Yeah. That he, he absolutely uh, loved the entertainment uh, of the show. But... Uh, I, I will I will say this. I think Jet fans just need to relax, let the kid finish the season, and then see where you want to rate him. And even that, you know the Jets aren't going to give up on him. They're going to give him a third year, as well as they should. Josh no. Allen has been saying it over and over again. Josh Allen said he's Josh Allen said point point blank on this podcast. He says what do you think about Zach Wilson? He says, I think Zach Wilson's going to be a great quarterback in this league. He made mistakes like I made mistakes in my second year. And he's going to make more of them. And Jet fans are going to kill him. He said this. on the. I'll get the podcast. I'll play it next week. No, I, I, I heard it. He said it. He said it. He said, you're going to see this kid make so many mistakes. And you're going to hear the press attack him. Mike, I don't know if you heard the interview, but he said he said point blank. He says, "What I have seen, I've watched tapes of him. He has all the ability in the world to be a good quarterback in this league. He just needs to be in the right position and put in the right position to succeed. That's it. So, yeah. and and I believe that the Jets need to do that. And I think Mike Lafleur needs to open up that stupid book that he yeah. carries around and says, "You know what, kid." I want you to go out there and throw 50 throws this tonight, today against Justin Fields. I want to get the offense involved. I want to shut the damn friggin' fans up. I want to put up a 350 spot. Even if you throw one interception and you throw three touchdowns and you help us win the game, that means more to me than you throwing that interception. That's what I want to see. This week, I, stop with this stupid running the ball. He ran the ball 90% of the time when they touched the ball. 
Start throwing and airing out the ball. Trust in Garrett Wilson that you tra- you traded you, you traded for uh, for Jamal Adams and you, you got him at number ten. Trust in Denzel Mims that you drafted in the second round a couple of years ago when you thought he was going to be good. Trust in Elijah Moore that you drafted in the second round. Trust in James Robinson that you traded up for traded for at the trade deadline. Trust in your offensive talent or oh, Conklin who you paid a lot of money to and Azuma well, who you paid for. This is this is. This is Uzma, whatever his name is. This is this is ridiculous. Do you know that that Uzma only got one look the whole game? Yeah, yeah, one look the whole game. Conklin had five. Okay, yeah, he it, was big. It, 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 it was horrible. <laughs> it, it, yeah. And the excuse is, I have a, has anybody heard Mike Lafleur speak? Has anybody heard Mike Lafleur speak about his play calling? <laughs> you know what? No, we heard Zach Wilson and Robert Sala. Mosley, Gardner, and all the guys. We have still have not heard from Mike LaFleur. I would love to be in that room with Mike LaFleur with the press on Friday afternoon when he sits up there and he answers the questions about Zach Wilson and his stupid, ridiculous play calling against the Patriots. He has not spoken out. I'm very surprised that the the, the press hasn't pulled him out. And you know why? Because Robert Sala probably told him today, as Mike said, as Mike said, with this management thing, Probably said, listen, I don't want you speaking until Friday, and I want you to be minimized on what you say about the quarterback play. Anything's possible. Because right now, I, they want to defuse this because you had a young kid that really didn't take a piece of humble pie. So huh. it, was, it, it was embarrassed, and, and, and embarrassed by a, a great coach and uh, a great defense. Robert Salah's trying to heal all the heels because of what the, the, the fans are saying. I think on Friday you're going to hear that Zach Wilson will be starting the game. And, and, and that's it. And I think if he does, he'll find his way. He'll shut the, the stupid fans up. And he'll go on 7-4. and four. The, the, Who are the Patriots playing this coming week? Minnesota. They're going lo- to lose on Thanksgiving. The Patriots are going to lose on Thanksgiving. And then the Jets will take full, you know, full ride at, at second place. Because who's Miami playing this week? Are they uh, who are they playing this Miami. week? Is they coming well, back from my, the bye? Yeah, Miami and Buffalo. Buffalo's in the tiebreaker mix too, though. I'm I'm asking you who Miami's playing. Stop with your tie tie. Who are they playing? Uh, they are uh, Houston, so they should win that. Oh wow! Uh, so they'll they'll be uh, not necessarily. Uh, Houston's yeah. played very good yep. against the good teams. Uh, they got good running games. Week after though, they play the 49ers. That could be tough. Yeah. The Jets don't play the 49ers. No, no, no. No, it's yeah. their it's the, their tiebreaker. The yeah, game. the one extra tiebreaker game. The Jets play yeah. the Seahawks at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. At Seattle. Let me, let me ask you Another 17. game they can win. Another game they, they can win. Do they play more, more road games or home games this year? It varies. It varies with we'll the play nine, more eight, road games. nine and eight and eight and nine. They're playing they play more, more road games. Play more road games this year. Okay. Yeah, so because the Jet the Seattle's the extra game, it's at Seattle. <laughs> yeah. See that that that's the biggest reason why I think they just they have to eventually go to eighteen games. Because hmm. you, you can't have that imbalance. It, it's makes no sense. Yeah, I, there's no, I don't know if there's a set system for that too, because they also play they also play some internationally too, right. which takes away the home right. game. And we're gonna yeah. let you go so, after this, Mark. Uh okay. the Jets have the Bears, the Vikings, the Bills. Here, I think they beat the Bears. I think I think they very much match match up against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I think they lose against the Bills. I think they beat the Lions. They could beat the Jaguars. They lose against the Seahawks and lose against the Dolphins. So Ooh, yeah, one, two, three, four. 
four games. They're six and four. They win ten games and they make the playoffs. You think they'll lose against Geno Smith? Yes, I think they're going to lose. Well, I think they lose that game because it's in Seattle, and it's at. Mm -hmm. I just think, I think the Jets lose that game. I, I I think the Jets will be. They'll have ten wins and they'll make the play. If they if they win ten games, they make the playoffs, and they will. They'll be. <laughs> They'll be the second or third wild card team. It could be redemption for the Jets. I mean, redemption. winning it's hard to beat a team three times. I mean, yeah. it's hard to beat a team three times, and you're playing in the <laughs> playoffs, and that means more than the regular season. Nobody gives a crap about the regular season games. Once the playoffs, it's a new season, and if the Jets could beat them, that's it. Mark, we'll talk soon, bud. Thanks happy, for having me on. Talk to happy you Thanksgiving, soon. Mark. Happy you Thanksgiving, too, happy dude. Thanksgiving. Come over for Christmas. Uh, I would uh, like to. I, I, I want to. Why? You need help to get over here? I'll help you come over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's it, it's just I got my my cats down here, and I got I got you. Yeah, well, so, if you want to so, if you want to come over here, I, I'll help. But you. thank you. All right, guys, All right. be good. Thank Talk you. To you, soon. you too. There you go. I, I love him. I, I I Mark is a good dude, good yes. kind soul. Mm-hmm. He really is, and I, I I'm I'm just happy that he came to the show. Uh, Mike, before we go, I have some questions to ask you. Um, the Yankees express interest in Jacob Degrom uh, if he clears medically a medical, uh, the medical side of things with the team doctors. Um, what are your thoughts to that? Uh, do you, I, I still think he's going to be a Met? I do. I think that I don't think the Mets are going to let Jacob Degrom go. Uh-huh. But it, 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 it is a story because I know the Yankees have always liked Jacob Degrom. What do I think? I mean, every team has to do the due diligence. Do you, uh, do you find this to be a true? No, mm. no. I, I I just think it's clickbait. It's clickbait. Speedy, I I do I kind of do too. I'm I've always been in the Degrom is going to go to the Braves boat. I think that's the way <laughs> that that's going to stick it to either. the Mets. I think. I think they're. I've, I said on the weekend crunch, they're using the Texas deal as leverage. I think Jacob Degrom will get a shorter deal. The Yankees will give him a shorter deal. I just don't think they'll outbid the Mets or the Braves just for one pitching because I think the Yankees will go after a little more and they could do some trades too. Because you mentioned it even last week too, they could definitely be busier next off season in comparison to this year. I think so too. I, I think they're not going to go after Jacob Degrom. I think it's just a story. It's just hanging over because of the whole uh, they're getting investigated. Yeah, with the collusion. Yeah, with the well, collusion. Chris Young already came out who is the GM of the Texas, Texas Rangers, yeah. and said he doesn't think Jacob DeGrom would be a worthy sign because we're two or three years away. So why would I want to waste a prime pitcher's years when I, we're not willing to win? So I I, I think and it's already been reported, but somebody that follows me on Twitter swears he has some inside source. And he's been saying that right now the dialogue between the Mets and DeGrom is very well and DeGrom really doesn't want to go anywhere. But as, as a free agent, you're going to do your due diligence. And as a general manager, you're going to do your end. I, I saw something where if Jacob DeGrom is getting the same offer from two teams, he'll go back to the Mets. But if, again, if somebody leapfrogs in that case, either with the average annual value, which I think is more likely, or the years, I think that he'll still bolt. It just the, the big unknown with Jacob DeGrom, this is why he's more unique than a lot of the other free agents we've seen, 
is we don't know what the relationship with that front office is because Steve Cohen, I think he has a good connection with, but the whole fallout last year with the the way he didn't pitch in the second half of the season, the injury management, how much does he really trust those executives too, including Sandy Alderson who's still there. So I, I don't know how much he believes in them to be able to make what is best Sandy for him. Sandy stepped down. Well, yeah, I know that. I'm just saying. Oh. I didn't know the World Cup started today and uh, yeah. England – I guess Wales played the United States. It was a draw, yeah. It was a draw, so that yeah, that's pretty that's, pathetic. That's not good. That's not good for the United States. I mean, no, Wales, Wales were the favorites in the game. They were, yeah. You know, uh, it, it, they had the one nothing lead. So if you're in America, no, USA had a one nothing lead. What? No, you, I, I know that. Oh, okay. I know that, and, and 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 this, you know, this cost them, and they tie, and they get a point, but that doesn't help. That doesn't bowl well in the B league because you know England just won six to two, and. If any of these have the tiebreaker, the United States don't make the semis. Also, it's it's a little different than hockey too. The yeah. win is three is three points. A draw is only one. So overall compilation might be hard for that kind of thing. So they they have to win. Who do they play next? I think it. I think it's uh, Iran, if I remember correctly. Iran's a good team. So it's going to be fun. I, I mean, I wanted to go to Qatar. I was going to go, but Brittany has to, you know, Brittany has to take care of stuff, so I can't do it. But ah, interesting. Uh, Odell Beckham. Giants, Cowboys. What do you guys got? I think Dallas will end up taking it. I think what will happen is the Giants will leverage it, and Jerry Jones will just overpay by like $5 million to get him or something like that. Do the I, Cowboys even have cap space? They do now, yeah. They, 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 they actually had $20 million at the end of the offseason last year. They were able to shed a lot of the, uh, the veteran places, a lot, of, a lot of the veteran players. They had to restructure a couple things on the offensive line, too, to make it work. But I don't think Jerry Jones is going to let him go to the Giants. I feel like they're just going to do everything they can. To... Who do you got? I, I don't know because the Giants are not an Odell Beckham player away. And the Cowboys will somehow mess it up anyway. So, because the Cowboys ain't winning anything even with Odell. They're not. They're just not. They never will. And they just, you know, some reason it just always falls apart when it gets playoff time. Mm. Something, you know, Dak, Dak will either mess up or somebody runs the wrong route or somebody's going to complain I didn't get the ball enough. It's not going to work when you have CeeDee Lamb Michael, when you have all these, it's just not going to work. Hmm. I just don't see it. I mean, so from that standpoint, I don't know where he goes, but it's not going to matter. I think he goes to the Giants. I do. I think he's going to wind up a Giant. I, I, I think it's all, all just. I don't think it's going to matter. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, no. I know what you mean. He's I'm going just, somewhere, so he wants to play. Like he goes to the Giants. I, I it's not going to do much. I don't, I don't think it's going to do much either way. I'm not really high on Dallas for the playoffs either. The I, only I difference is, kind of is that. Odell's not signed. Like, this signing is going to be a four or five year deal. Maybe. He's not signing. No, no. He's not signing for one year to finish the. No, no. He's signing for a term contract. So that also plays Which in. I think Dallas life. is more likely to give him because I, you're right. The Giants are still kind of an in between. I'm position. telling you right now, nobody's giving him more than a year. I, not right now. They'll wait till the offseason. No, see he's, if he's not helping. signing. Well then, he's not. You can't trust somebody coming off another ACL injury that he's gonna. You're gonna sign him for two or three years. You'd be an idiot organization to do that. It's a terrible move. Well, it's the Cowboys. There's always a possibility. <laughs> it's a of terrible. That. It's a terrible move by the Cowboys if they do that. I think it's terrible, terrible. Um, quickly, Speedy. Um, quickly, our picks. Quick. No, no music. No music? Okay. No music. Quick. So just all the Thanksgiving games? Just all three Thanksgiving games? Quick. No, none of this why, why you think they're going to win. 
Give, give the games, the over-unders, and who do you have? All right, so I, but Bills-Lions, I'm going to take the Bills close. I, Detroit's defense has impressed me lately. I think Buffalo wins it late, like a fourth-quarter comeback type thing. So over-under, what do you got? Uh, over. Still the defense is still question, questionable. I got Buffalo. Buffalo on the over. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other game? All right, so the Giants-Cowboys. Uh, I'll say Cowboys close game under. I have Cowboys on the under, too. Uh, and then the Patriots, the Vikings, the last game. I w- I'm agree with you from the last segment. I think Minnesota wins, and I think they win by double digits, I think. I think they bounce back. This will be a letdown game for the Patriots. I think Minnesota is going to win, too. And, um, yeah, and I, I think I, <laughs> I think the Vikings will play the Jets next week, and they'll lose against the Jets. That's what First I pitcher to be signed in free agency is? Justin Verlander. Yeah, I agree with that. Justin Verlander. I, I think somebody's going to give him a two-year. They're going to give him a one-year with a two a second-year option. He's going to make a lot of money in that one year. I think I'm going to go with Senga, the Japanese guy. <laughs> ah, and I'm going to sit there and say it's going to be probably within the next week or so with the Mets. Mm. Well, I, I'm glad you think that's a good move for the Mets. Cause yeah, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> Imagine if they get any any so so far every, any Japanese player that's come into the league, it, it, it besides maybe one guy they they really haven't panned out. So. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you're hoping the Yankees get the outfielder for the Japanese. Name me, yeah. na- give me a Japanese player that was turned out to be a great player. Hideki Matsui. Hideki Matsui wasn't a great player. Wow. I'm talking about pitcher, not hitter. Pitcher. Tell me the last Japanese player. Nomo. Damon Omar wasn't good. He had two what? good years. It took good years. He sucked. He played in the league for four. He he wasn't good. Give me another one. Don't tell me the Yankees. What's his name again? Because well, the Yankees. Well, not that many. Not, he was good. In all he honesty, was decent. Hold on. In in also in reality, not many have really crossed over that should have crossed over. Um, Otani's the only one. Well, Ota- Otani's the youngest one. Otani's the only one. But Otani is the youngest, and Otani is a unique individual because he can hit, and he can he could do that. This guy is just a pitcher, and I, I I'm gonna tell you this: the Mets do this; it's a big mistake. Hideo Nomo probably had three All Star caliber seasons and maybe two other good ones in the league. He wasn't like, how long five, was he in the league? So right? five years out of how he long? He played. He played twelve years. That's what I thought. I was about to say about ten. Yeah, but he was a relief pitcher. He turned into. I, uh, it was just that. See, also. He, I think he came into the he league. He was a starter for five years. Right, but I'm well, saying he was a starter most of his career, yeah. Right. He, right. <laughs> what I'm saying is that usually these Japanese, besides Otani, have come over later <laughs> in their life. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sang is 29 years old. I think he's only going to come here for a five-year, four or five-year contract and that's it. He's going to have that one contract and that's it. You know, a lot of these guys that are coming over came over, one, you know. Two. Because Matsui, wasn't he like 28, 29? I would say he had four good years out of the, the 12 years that he played. Matsui, they came over when he was closer to 30. It was 95. Arabu came over when he was 96. like 29, 30. Like all these guys are coming over around 30. So it's not like their careers are not expected to be long because they've played so long in their own you know, country and league. So I can't, that's what I'm saying, I can't expect... I hope you're right. An historic run. I hope you. I hope you're right because I. I... Now Otani's different because Otani came over. What is he? Twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So he he came over at twenty two. That's what I'm saying. He's right. That's a whole different. 
I think Hideo Noma came over when he was 27, 28. So you had 10 years to him, yeah, because he, he ended his career around 37, 39 years old. Yeah, I, th- I think when I started watching baseball, he was around 35, so that makes sense. He would have been playing a lot professionally with that. Honestly, nevertheless, uh, I, I'm going to say this. Because I think Matsui came over when he was 28, 29. Well, Matsui did, but Matsui was, uh, I'm talking about. No, no, I know that. I'm only talking about. Matsui was great. The Japanese league really, the these guys really great. coming over later in their life. Ichiro Suzuki so was that, great. to too. sit there right. and say what kind of career you had. You can't really base it upon because the prior years, the the bulk of their careers was in their league. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're watching Otani come here at twenty two years old and ripping it up. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, he's gonna rip it up. Oh, um, uh, Ichiro came over at a young age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he also think, pl- he also played professionally for a while, too. right? But I think I think Ichiro I, I think he came, came over in like twenty four. Yeah, like tw- I was just gonna yeah. say about twenty five years old because I remember he was the oldest rookie to win Rookie of the Year or something right. like that. Right. Yeah, he yeah he had I think six professional years in Japan where he accumulated all those hits that helped him be the all time hit leader combined in professional. And baseball. then and well that's what I'm saying. And then his longevity in MLB helped him become an all. So that's that's my point. Where I was going at you know these guys are mostly coming over later in their life, except the two that we just mentioned. Uh, yeah, Matsu Matsui, you're right. Twenty nine, he came in uh, in two thousand three. And it, yeah, I'm not played. talking about the hitters because Matsui was great. No, no, Suzuki, I know that. I mean, Ichiro Suzuki was great. I mean, there were great hitters that came from Japan. I'm just talking about pitchers. And and honestly, when you look at all the pitchers that have come into the league, maybe one or two of them turned out to be decent. Right. So it, it I I don't trust the Japanese pitchers. That's just what I'm saying. The Yankees. Well, I, I think today plays have evolved. They're they're evolving. I mean, this guy. Supposed to throw, you know, three or four pitches at, you know, I, I don't know. But again, the, the, the sample What's is... What's the kid's name? Listen, um, something saying, Kodaya Senga, I think. Kodaya Senga. The guy throws, I mean, he could throw a fastball at least three digits. So anywhere from 95 to 100. Mm-hmm. You know, and you need, you know, because athletes today, the hitters are so good, you need change of speeds. I'm just looking... I'm just looking at his ERA. His ERA has been under three in every year in in Japan, but again, they also have uh, they also have smaller fields, so it's easier for mm. that for that kind of thing to happen. One point six. His whip is good. Yeah, he's as a starting pitcher. Yeah, he's had a starting pitcher year every year under three ERA, and consistently. Just don't know if I tr- trust a, a young pitcher. He weighs. He's six foot. And he's 178 pounds. I don't trust a lot of. And he's 29 years old. That's a oh, lot. I said that. I said he's 29. Yeah, I said he's only going to sign a four or five year deal, and that's it. A lot he's of done. pressure on that. And he's that done. Arm, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting. How many innings has he thrown so far in Japanese league? 1,042. <laughs> How many seasons? In 11 seasons. <laughs> that's not bad. It's almost 100 innings per season. Yeah, it looks like most of his years as starters. He's been over 130 innings. Okay. 2021, he was shorter, 111 and a third, but pretty consistently so since I'm, I'm 2015. Gonna, I'm going to assume they don't play as many games because that's not a lot of innings. Well, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't start as a starter until the 2015 season. He had 108 innings that year, and then consistently after that, he's been over 130 innings. In that, he had a total of. He had a, yeah, he had a total of 25 starts. Uh, they says the Yankees and Red Sox are in contact with. I don't want him. 26. 20. I don't want him. I think every team's going to be in contact. I don't want him. 
Yeah, 26 starts, 22, 23, 26, 2018. So probably about the same, uh, maybe a little less, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it's like a drastic difference, the amount of games, based on how much starts. Because most starting pitchers probably pitch 25 starts I don't want a year. If I'm, if I'm a Yankee fan, I don't want them. I am a Yankee fan, but I, if I was the Yankee organization, <laughs> right. I was running the organization, I don't, I don't want them. I, I, I don't want to take a chance with another Japanese pitcher. We've done enough, and they haven't panned, panned out very well. So yeah. I'm not... I'm not doing it. I'll go after the the hitter that that everybody keeps saying is going to be a stud. Yeah, they think he's going to be a stud. He hits all over the field. I go after him. He's a left fielder. He's a lefty. He can hit for power. Twenty one home runs last year. He can smack the ball all over the field. And with no shift, I think that's the guy the Yankees should go after, not this Singa guy. I I mean, let the Mets do it. It, (laughs) It might not bode well for them. I think the Mets should go after. Justin Verlander. I think you get him. I want nothing to do with him. Sign him for a year. I'm telling he's you. He's not. He's looking for serves of money. And he's going to get it because of his history of winning and stuff like that. No, he's 39 years old. I, there's no way I'm giving him a three-year deal. <coughs> or two with an option. I'd give him a two-year. Well, that's what he's looking for. A serves of deal. Two-year with a third option. No, I'd just give him a two-year. Uh, I, I, I would give him the option because it's your option. Not his option. Your option for the third year. So you, you sign them two years, and it'll be the team's option if they want to keep them. I think that's the way it would go. I would do that. Two years with a team option. So if he plays well, you bring him back. If he doesn't, you get rid of him. It's simple. I would sign Verlander for two years. Why not? Guy won a Cy Young again this year. I mean, the guy's got – he still throws over almost 100. I mean, he, his curveball still throws almost a little bit over 90. I mean – he could pitch, and he just had Tommy John surgery. I, I I think he could pitch another two years. I think he would be fit perfectly. Him, Max Scherzer, and you bring Jacob. To, forget it. You get the you bring those guys back. You don't even need hitters. Screw it. You you'll win. You'll win the World Series. You put Verlander, Scherzer, and Degrom as your three guys. Even if one gets hurt and one stays on, nobody's going to want to play against that pitching staff. Nobody. I'm just just saying. That's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. It was a great show. Mike, why don't you come on again? I, I, I love, I, first of all, you're one of my good friends. I, I miss you. I miss working with you, but I got Speedy, and Speedy's great. Love and joy working with Speedy, but uh, definitely miss you. Uh, your personality and your stupidity, it definitely works to this show. And uh, I know you're busy, but uh, I would love to get you on again. So we really appreciate you joining us. Um, Happy Thanksgiving to you. Same and your to family. you and Happy uh, Thanksgiving. Yes, both of you. Let's see what happens. Happy Thanksgiving, all the fans listening as well. Oh, there was a lot of people listening tonight. I'd like to thank all the fans on on social media. Um, some people on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, they could all suck an egg. Uh, I'm not even talking about <laughs> Facebook on Twitter. Uh, I got some interesting messages from the Jet haters. Thank you for your messages. I really loved them. But uh, you know. <laughs> You got quite a target audience. <laughs> yeah. Jet haters. Specifically. I have a lot of jet haters, but uh, I, I listen. I, I, I just, as a jet fan, I'm honest. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Jets are going to make the playoffs. I, I just think they're a lot better and they're in a better position than anybody thought they were going to be this year. So uh, there's a very good opportunity that they couldn't make that. They, they have to win four out of their next seven games. If they do that, they make the playoffs, and I, I think they make the playoffs with ease. So that's just my opinion. 
Um, again, thank you to all the fans. Thank you to uh, um, Athletic NBA staff writer and author Sp- from Spaced Out, Mike Prada, for joining us. It looked like he was a little tense today. It looked like he... Uh, he fired you up, that's for sure. Yeah, he didn't fire me up. Oh, that, that comparison to other guests, but... He didn't fire me up. He, he, he just... He he's, he can't honestly sell us that the game is better than it was in the nineties because we all know even you weren't even alive, Speedy, and you probably know that the game was not better than it was in the nineties. It, it's it's not it, the only reason why the popularity is high is because there's European people that love it, the Japanese, the Chinese, and all that other stuff. That's the only reason why because it's become a world sport. But honestly, the game is not better. And I'm just speaking the truth. And thank you to USA Hockey Rangers writer and host of the Broadway Hat Podcast, Kyle Hall, for joining us again. He was fantastic. Uh, thank you to Jeff. Thank you to Kenny. Thank you to the Beav. Thank you to all you silly asses that listen to the show every single week. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday, as always. Um, we're doing a weekend crunch, but you'll be in. Oh yeah, we'll do it virtually. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yes, you'll be uh, over there in Connecticut with the fam, and I will be here. But uh, thank you again to all the fans that uh, support everything that we do. We really appreciate you guys. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.